0: halloween and we're down here in the taylor park episode 55 of taylor trash fly fishing we're gonna be easing on into it here and i I feel almost like a little special like uh either Nikki or andy from millhouse are here at the table because i'm looking over at ben and he's got his millhouse hat on you uh speaking of hats tip of the cap to you guys for sending us the uh hats and the stickers. We appreciate it. We really enjoy your podcast and I uh, hope you guys keep bringing more of them out uh most recent episode came out yesterday and uh anybody that listens to our show, I think you'll sincerely enjoy uh hearing Andy and Nick talk about uh some really common sense um issues all across the spectrum when it comes to river access, uh, flats and etiquette and things along those lines. So check it out. Uh, without further ado, Ben, Carl, uh, myself, Larry, we're here tonight. Um, Mark had to miss this evening. We're not sure if it was, uh, his love for Halloween candy or if he was truly under the weather, but, uh, assuming he is and we trust that he is, we hope he feels better and he'll be back at the next one. So, uh, Let's dive right into it. Um, big full moon tonight. Yeah, it's kind of uh, definitely uh, that Halloween vibe going on for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the elephant in the room is... Uh, what are
1: we dressed up as?
0: It's, it's Friday night, and uh, <laughs> just uh, mere days from now, the big election. Oh, yeah. And, uh, man, I, I'll be honest with you, I can't wait for it to be over win, lose, or draw for whoever your candidate is, just accept it, move on. You know, the past three-plus, almost four years of belly aching and bitching has gotten really old.
1: And the, the fact that somehow or another you're like, ah, oh, another political post about something, whatever the heck it is, the fact that they were able to turn it up from what I thought was like, 10 out of 10 stories on yeah, TV or on right. the internet or whatever. I'm like, wait a minute. How did you inundate me with any more than I saw before? Right. I it, feel like that's all I hear. That's like, a lot. Constantly. Well,
0: you know, specifically the thing that really made me say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to step out. I'm going to talk about this straight out of like full rip right out of the gate is, uh, last week, um, Patagonia apparently has their own like little publication where, um, I guess it's kind of a journal, uh, a magazine. A type thing I don't know if it's printed or either. not, because if it were, I would have never seen it, because yeah, yeah. it's not a brand that I purchase or support, um, and primarily because of uh, exactly what I'm about to talk about. So there's a, a guy, and I, I, don't, I can't think of his name, and if I knew it, I wouldn't say it to give him the press, um, that wrote an article, and basically it's Orange Man Bad, um if you support anybody like him or if you support him, his 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 rhetorical question was are you even an angler? And and I it's think like I saw that you,
1: you or you call yourself an angler. You call yourself yeah, an yeah, angler. Yeah. That's what it was. I, I saw it. I saw the And angle. and I'm looking at it going, man, you know
0: I, I'm there's no doubt about it, um on a lot of stuff. I'm probably right-leaning. On many issues, I'm left-leaning. But I vote my pocketbook most often. Um, So that brings me back to right-leaning, fiscally responsible. Um, But on conservation issues, uh, I typically will err on the side of protecting the environment, um, maintaining access to public lands. But there's also... A balance that I look at that has to be struck um, as far as how it 's going to be implemented and what what 's the downline uh, consequences of all the different policies and I know we 've talked about um, like in Alaska with the pebble mine mm-hmm. um, you know previous administration had made a preemptive decision uh, that basically nullified the application process for Pebble Mine. Hmm. So everybody cheered, it's over. Uh change of administration during that period of time between the change of administration from the old to the new, the folks that had applied for the permit had sued the federal government. And taking a step back, trying to be objective, even though I'm opposed to Pebble Mine, I think it's the wrong mine, wrong place, no Pebble Mine. That's my position. I could understand and appreciate that they had sued the government because when they came into the permitting process, here were the rules and they followed the rules. And then just like playing you know, your cousin right. uh, in a game of Monopoly after Thanksgiving dinner and you're whipping their ass and they grab the board, flip it over, start over, new rules, it's like, wait a second, I was whipping your ass, you know? Right. And now they want to play by a different set of rules. So, of course, they went and they sued. So, you get an administration that looks at things more through a prism of cost-benefit analysis and more like a business. Right. And they say, well, we can spend millions, if not tens of millions, of taxpayer money trying to defend the indefensible, or we can... Go ahead and say, "Hey, that was an error. We're going to let you go ahead and continue the process." And as soon as that happened, people lit their hair on fire. That guy's was awful. That was
1: the big pop of pebble mine activity again, yes, like on the internet. No, yes. Oh my god, it's going to go through,
0: and 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 it's not going through so mm. far. Like everything has been, they continue to get rulings against Pebble Mine. Mm. Um, so anyway, fast forward. You know, we're here on the eve of election. And companies like Patagonia are paying knuckleheads like that did this, you know, article that are so divisive that it's like either you believe what I believe one hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. on one hundred percent of the issues, or you're not even worthy to be called an angler. Mm-hmm. And it's like I question, and we're critics, definitely on the show, we're right, critics right. of things, but when we criticize something or a project or a group, we don't just say, well, we don't like them because they don't agree with our policy. We kind of get into why we don't like what they're doing or, you know, what they're doing is a little bit misleading um, versus just saying we don't like them because they don't agree with us. Right. Um, and I, I hope with the election passing um, some of the, companies like patagonia will take a step back and say you know what it'd be a whole lot easier and more beneficial for the outdoors and for conservation issues if we got more people under the same tent Mm -hmm. and you know on social issues and other things you know and even all of the environmental issues we might not all agree but we can find some common ground right it's
1: a it's one of those divide and conquer things it's like well wouldn't it make more sense to have more people? Yes. Whatever way, wh- wherever you are, you know, in, in under the same tent, like you said, right. Fighting for the same thing. Well, you know, so if we all, you know, want or don't want, that's what decides it. If you don't want the pedal mine, you don't. And if somebody else does, well, th- that, that might not be your camp. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. But if you get all the people that don't like it together. Right. There's half of them. Right. It's, uh, it, it's, it all really reminds me uh, about the, the the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich scandal of like whatever it was five years ago or right? whatever, you know, and it was there was some huge thing and like a chicken sandwich was like a political stance on s- who somebody like sleeps with or, you know, I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but the. Um, in any case like that, um, it's almost, is it kind of like a buzz out? That's what I always kind of think. Like,
0: yeah. And people cherry pick, um, a couple or, or few or many, um, examples. Right. And they're like, okay, here's 10 examples why you're not an angler. If you don't agree with me. Right. And then the downside of doing it is you run into somebody that has a little base of knowledge that says, well, that's interesting. And I can see your perspective on those 10 issues, but you omitted these other issues where the person you're criticizing actually went above and beyond. Um, you know, and I, I believe I made a comment on Twitter, um, and said, you know, you omitted the fact that, the largest level of funding for everglades restoration took place on his watch Mm. he didn't oppose it he was behind it in a matter of fact the governor of the state that pushed it was of a party different than you agree with you know so like don't cherry pick and ignore the good stuff to fit your narrative. Right. Just like in 2015 when the previous administration opened Anwar for oil exploration. Right. I mean, talk about a big issue that yeah. everybody was opposed to, but nobody had anything to say when the anointed person did something. Right. So long story short, man, you know, filter all of this political stuff to the side Try to find common ground and let's work together because good Lord knows there's tons of stuff out there, you know, here in our own backyard, Mosquito Lagoon. It's where we fish. It's where we go out. It's where we recreate. We love it. We know it's the, one of the most biodiverse estuaries on the planet, let alone in the state of Florida. And we've been the redheaded stepchild of conservation efforts Mm -hmm. over the last, 10 years or more and we barely have a voice but we're digging in and we're doing what we can on the grassroots level here locally and to
1: you, try to change things right. and you still have and um, there's I don't know you can couple handfuls of stickers on the back of cars during the day that I see Right. Raising money for somewhere else. Yeah. Like driving over one of our
0: local bridges. Right, yeah, like going local across local the bridge, yeah. looking down at the brown water, yeah, yeah. and they've got, you mm-hmm. know, clean water sticker on the back of their right. vehicle, mm-hmm. and none of that goes anywhere close to doing anything here.
1: Right.
0: Um, so that's enough of me being on a soapbox. I just, I, I got fed up with it. Um, you know, I, I can't wait on Tuesday. I'm going to go vote for who i choose to vote for and wherever it may fall
1: who cares we're home stretching at this point yeah I, yeah i think that we should have like an open season of no yard signs nobody talking about who they want to be and who should vote for them until like Two or three weeks before the election, yeah, and get it all in right, because this is all we're blow your out. wad two you got two or three weeks, right, and then it's over, because I don't know if if you're like me, so I feel like this has been going on for like a year and a half, oh at least dude <laughs> at least That's crazy. so so
0: I actually make decisions about who I might support the next time around mm-hmm usually on the Wednesday and Thursday following an election. If I'm still seeing your shitty signs
2: two days after the
0: election, you're on thin ice with me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, I get it. You've got your signs out. You're trying to get elected. Mm -hmm. But as soon as this motherfucker's over, clean your shit up. And if now it's suddenly not important enough for you to get your trash Mm -hmm. off
1: the side of the road, you are trash. I don't know if it was here or if it was when I was still in South Florida. I saw like a city guy uh-huh. with signs after the election, and I think that you know they were going to libraries and polling places and whatever, and just like loading like, them up. It was taking them to the dump. dumpster. Yeah, the dump, like the actual dump, a dump truck. Thing. Right. I was like, man, you can't like so spray paint over those and yard sale sign them or something. So okay, so I don't know if it's COVID related or
0: not um you know like the the little h um wire
2: mm-hmm. pieces yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that they
0: go up on apparently either everybody went bonkers ape shit nuts on their signs this year yeah. which is a good good yeah, chance yeah. of um or there was actually a shortage of those little oh yeah. sign things yeah and so I know a particular person who was t- I was talking to about it because they're in the printing business, and they said, luckily, the last time there was an election, as soon as the election was over, I drove around and just started pulling signs because it's over. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I kept all those things. So when people were trying to order them and everybody's like, we're out. You can't get them. Right. He was selling them for like 50 cents on the dollar. And he would just say, hey, some of these have a little bit of rust on them, but yeah. they work the same. These are, you know, recycled. And he fucking slayed it. I bet. On having little political sign. Yeah, yeah.
1: Thingies. Yard sale. Little The little, yeah, I don't know what you mean. a little wire. Yeah, the yeah, wire, yeah. yeah. But uh <sighs> I'll tell you what. I'm ready for it to be over. I think um, the, I got a little break. Well, we all did. Uh, a couple days ago and the, the weather cooled down. Uh, yeah. What a I'm blessing. like, man, what am I going to bitch about now? <laughs> and then I picked up my phone, you know, somebody called and picked yeah. up my phone and it's, oh, I just wanted to make sure that you're going to go vote. I'm like, I don't know. Ask the 47 other people that called me today. Right. I said, yeah, <laughs> you need a time. You meeting me there? Yeah. All right. I I'll haven't go. gotten any of those. Oh, they just... And, and they there's just Some
3: people are getting, like,
0: texts like
1: crazy. Yeah. I've
3: gotten... I get at least three texts a day.
1: Really? Yeah, a lot. i am been getting smashed. A um, lot of phone calls. I wonder what, like, where that... There's got to be some kind of algorithm or whatever. I mean, I voted last time, but so did everybody else. Like, right. There's a lot of people that aren't getting that Yeah. stuff or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how or why. Like, um...
0: They call if you voted four out of the last four elections, they consider you what's called a super voter.
1: So you're like you've you've got a track record of presidential elections in general. I think I'm probably yeah yeah Uh, okay yeah for sure.
0: Um, So like whether it's presidential election or local election, if you've voted every election the last four elections, they consider you a super voter. Now I don't know if they. Would also consider if you just vote every four years in the presidential, yeah, maybe, um, but if you vote primary local election, national election religiously
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, then you're you're what's a super voter, Maybe so they're that, not worried about the, the, you they, they, you'll be there you went to the last and, four and that might yeah. be why they're not wasting yeah. time on me
3: hmm. um, I don't know so it's the only thing I could think of is I think the last Local one I missed. Like, two, like Some, yeah, two years ago? Yeah. Like right in the, the middle one? Yeah. yeah. It was not not like a, a presidential one. I voted in that one, and I voted in the local before the last presidential election. Okay. But I think the last one, I had to go out of town last minute for work, and I couldn't get an absentee ballot or something stupid. And, right. Um, I've never done
0: the mail-in voting ever in my life, and I honestly have voted every election, like literally every election since I've been 18. So I'll be 50 in March. So, yeah. you know, 32
1: years, like, I without think i probably missed like the, the middle one, the two year one uh-huh. you know, a couple of times, but right. presidential ones I've done since I could, since I was 18. Yeah. And I think I was actually just cause my birthday just passed is the end of October. So, and then I could vote like like three days into being 18 so so obviously we're all we've
0: all reached our limit mm-hmm. with uh you know all the ads and the like jesus christ trying to watch youtube you know i don't have youtube i don't pay for youtube yeah, yeah. so like i see millions of campaign ads but all that being said of course i, I i'm on twitter right. and there's all kinds of stuff on twitter um did any of you guys see the video? Uh, I think it was two days ago where Trump was having the rally bullhead city, Arizona? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't recall seeing it. and And he's doing his typical rally thing. you know he arrives yeah. in the big plane, and you know there's people on they're all screaming, and he's doing his normal stump speech, and uh, all of a sudden, like you see everybody like start looking up like something's going on. And then you can hear it. It's like fucking jet fighter sound. And he like fucking switches over to, isn't that beautiful? You know, the sound of America, freedom or whatever. And the crowd's going crazy. He's like, you have no idea how hard I worked to get those airplanes. You know, I had to fight those Democrats. He's totally being political. And then all of a sudden you hear everybody kind of like gasp or start cheering kind of simultaneously. And it makes Trump look up. And he looks up, and the fucking camera pans up, like away from him. Mm-hmm. And there's fucking flares coming out of the fucking fighter.
3: That's cool. <laughs> and,
0: and he's like, "Oh, they're putting on a little show for the president, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, of course yeah, it's yeah, what I am." Yeah. What it actually turned out being is uh, some private pilot. Um, there's called temporary flight restrictions, TFRs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, there's a TFR didn't over Didn't realize where he was or what was going on or whatever. And, yeah. and he, he breached it. And he yeah. wasn't answering the radio. Like, they were calling him saying, yeah. hey, jackass, get out of there. So they scrambled a fighter. And the fighter came up, you know, like, off his wing and mm-hmm. was, like, trying to get a hold of him. And they, you know, yeah, dude must have just been, like, you know. Having a nap. Having a nap <laughs> or whatever. So they flew in front of him and dropped flares. And he mm-hmm. was like, holy shit. And they're like. Follow us.
2: <laughs> so it was
0: actually it. a real intercept, yeah. which I thought was kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they said, you know, it was just some guy that was lost, had his head up his ass mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, how interesting is that?
1: Yeah. I read this. Look how cool this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that cool. He's man. like, look, look, look there's fireworks. Terrible. Why are they yeah, fire? Yeah. Oh, shit. There's yeah, an F yeah, yeah. 16. <laughs> so,
0: um, what? Uh, let's see here. Carl, I'm going to skip around on my notes because uh, I want to find out um, a little bit about, and I I asked you this over dinner, um,
1: you and Jameson uh, still plugging along? Yeah, yeah. Um, Got some glass done today. Uh, A little bit more to go. Um, Just kind of getting the the boat glassed up, and um, we'll probably end up doing some finish work while it's, kind of on its on its frame still uh-huh and flip it over and start glassing again okay so yeah so how much how, like what's the, like what's the layup on the hull side like uh so similar to around like year year earlier mm-hmm. um whip rays and waterman's um foam core obviously right build it out of foam first and it's like um Basically heavy surfboard cloth. Okay. For you know, for all intents and purposes. So is it 10 like cloth and, biaxial? No. It's it's just cloth cloth. So it's um we use chop chop strand mat. Okay. Three quarter inch chop strand mat and then the cloth. Okay. So the you know where a lot of those, you know, kind of techier fabrics will have both together. It'll be on one side of it. Okay. We actually do it by hand. Okay. You get a little bit. You get more control, and it comes out thinner. I got gotcha. you at The end. A little smoother as well. In this case, you know, thinner, lighter, stronger, but smoother is also a consideration. Right. Because you you're, you're going to have finish. to paint it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and then a, when
0: when you flip it and take it off the strong back mm-hmm. you're going to then basically do the same thing on it's, the interior yeah, so
1: it's for yeah again kind of in simple terms you balance the you balance the front and back so there's a, there's as much fiberglass inside as there as
0: oh okay yeah. when you said the back you mean the opposite yeah, side yeah, so the interior yeah. okay yeah so there so it's basically sandwiching the
1: foam between yeah. similar yeah, I mean, you can Glass. you can deviate a little bit, mm-hmm. but you don't want to deviate. Like there's not a whole bunch on the outside and not that much on the inside. Okay. Cuz a lot of that strength comes from on a on a foam core, it comes from the inside. A lot of like the actual like puncture strength uh-huh. comes from trying to pull the fiberglass on the inside of the boat apart. Okay. Because it can crush the foam, still it can crush outside, right? You know, we're trying to like penetrate, but you've that that next one has to pull apart, okay, sideways, right? You know what I mean, um, or laterally, I guess it would be right across its surface. So yeah, people deviate a little bit to save weight or whatever. It's within a couple ounces of each other, okay. In weight, so, um, yeah. So moving right along, I think it's going to come out really, really nice.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's been fun to watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've been messing around quite a bit and did a few extra uh, steps and a little bit more messing around to try to get, because that's something I've noticed with a lot of kind of jig boats and kit boats and whatever. They're just not that straight. Okay. You know what I mean? And I'd like to have a... Really straight and true. And it'll be, you know, it's all by hand and it's only one boat, so it's not going to be, you know... Perfect. Yeah, like it popped out of a mold. Yeah, but as close as we can get it, right? Know, for this one boat, mm-hmm. um, and like plug building and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I mean, this whole boat's between. I think it's between three and five hundred hours or something is what it says in the book. Oh wow. Yeah, or in the on the plans. Hmm. Um. You know, you'd have double that in like a hull that you're preparing to make like a real mold out of. Right. So
0: and is that simply because you end up doing so much fairing and yeah, sanding yeah. and fairing Just and sanding blocking, to get it fucking yeah. perfect?
1: Yeah, because whatever's whatever's messed up is messed up forever. Right. It's you like know, it's like we, my whipray.
0: Yeah, it's got the, the the little the funky chime. Yeah,
1: and that everyone, you know that came out of that mold, yeah. unless
0: they fixed. I wonder, if the, I wonder fixed if the Eldora it. still has that. In it. I would I would put money on it. Yeah, I'll bet it does. Because I, I mean, I really think that the Eldora was just, hey, let's get the old mold out and mm-hmm. blow it off. Mm-hmm. I don't think they made a new plug for it.
1: I, no, I don't. I think that would be kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Has anybody heard? Or, are they selling the new tarpon boat yet? No, I, haven't I think seen Mangum's it. running it. Right,
3: yeah. my I could be wrong. Is it just a so with a pad? I don't know. Uh, it, I've heard it it's. A, I I've heard
0: it's a little different. Okay. I don't know how different, but you know, I'm not really. I mean, I can't. I'm going on 100% hearsay because right. I'm a bad, bad, bad man, mm-hmm. and and I'm not allowed to see their social media. I've right. Been, I've been banned by uh, whoever controls that, Mark those accounts. <laughs> yeah, Mark has
1: too. Mm-hmm. So, Carl and I somehow are hanging on by a thread. Right. Yeah. So, the, uh, you know good luck to him, i guess yeah yeah uh, you know some of that stuff <clears throat> is funny to me to see variations that to me i wouldn't call anything like there'd be like the same it'd be like the same boat with like a the center console or a side console or a tiller or a cushion here or not a cushion here i feel like that's just like off the options list right but when there's when there's a certain set of like options on the same thing that you can buy under a different names, they'll call it something like special edition or this type of thing or that type of thing, and you know, it's just funny to me. Like, man, that's the same. It's like nothing new,
0: right? You know, like the. It's just a different option. Yeah, it's
1: just yeah. It's, it's just, nothing innovative. No, and I think, but I, it's something new for that season where they don't have to. Go back to the drawing board and waste a bunch of more money on tooling and blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, but just leave it. I think somebody would buy it anyways. Right. I don't think somebody bought it because it's mean, In the grand scheme of things,
0: um, what, Peterson has owned Hell's Bay in its current form since about 2005, 2006. I Mm -hmm. think 2005 is when he kind of bought it, got it back running in 2006. Mm -hmm. And there's not been any crazy new anything other than what the uh what's the big big boat oh the stereo yeah is it the Astero? yeah bay boat yeah the bay boat, yeah, the bay boat. Yeah. and even then it's like let me giant size a skiff so it even looks the same right you know in uh, what what do they call it trade dress right and you look at you know, others, like, East Cape, you know. Right. Kevin's always doing some kind of weird tweaking yeah. and trying to, like, build a better pad or, yeah. Yeah. you know, do different stuff. Um, I mean, even, like, to the point of, like, the skanu. Um, yeah. You know, like, he's always thinking kind of out of the box and trying to come up with, like, the next right new
1: thing. And is all of that... is all of that uh out of the park no never but, is yeah but but it's part of he's, the he's more he's more apt to hit it out of the park right he's out swinging you right know what i mean and, and doing stuff and changing and i mean as far as model i just saw something from him the other day they started in oh two i think I think they had the idea in 01 and started in 02 or 02 and 03, whatever. Somewhere around there. I would say that's accurate. And it was like an old photo of the... um, Gladesman. Gladesman, yeah. In like a smaller shop, an old photo. Uh I'm like, that's kind of, wow. I guess it's been a while. But when you think about how many different models they either have or still do now. I'm like, like, whoa,
0: that's... And and he also, one of his first, and it may have been at the same time as the gladesman was the um oh lostman the no no no, no. that was the first big skill you know the first full skiff he had um god i can't write the name was right on the top of my head just a second ago it's the the chicky that canoe it's a huge canoe but he made it out of carbon fiber. So that literally you could use it to like paddle the back country of the Everglades, oh cool Tanner yeah um, has one of them, and you'll see he and Lisa, his wife, yeah, they fish out of it like out here in the lagoon sometimes, yeah. and like you can pull it really easy, you can paddle it really easy, it's big it 's yeah. deep. Um, Kevin, to me, um, while I 'll still say sometimes he's his own worst enemy on social media. Um, Not
1: so much lately. Not so much lately. Yeah, he's
0: he's, he's chilled out. But I have a lot of respect for Kevin, which I think Kevin throughout the years has always thought that, you know, everybody's picking on him and everybody's, you know, poking him. I actually have a lot of respect for him because he's truly one of those guys with his partner, Mark. They are the two guys that took a bar napkin Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: and created... A fucking very viable business like he didn't go in and buy an existing business right. that was mismanaged and and run from there with you know all the branding all the recognition like all it's already there served up he had to scratch and dig and claw and brian palmeyer um is a guy i used to fish with here in the lagoon um he's a guide out of titusville uh, i don't know if brian really um guides much anymore but uh he was one of the first guides in the lagoon that got a lossman
2: oh, yeah.
0: um it could have been the very first one if i remember correctly uh, as far as production ones go oh, yeah. and um i've fished off of you know that boat with him several times um and you know to this day like there's east cape stuff everywhere oh yeah you see it every time you're on the water oh yeah absolutely.
1: so um, the um <clears throat> yeah it's kind of a wild biz right now we were talking a little bit about it earlier fort lauderdale international boat Show's on and it is like if that's turned into like glitz and glam and big so and
0: so fancy. like whether it's that show or the fort lauderdale boat show or the miami boat show mm-hmm. why do skiff manufacturers go to those shows
1: i probably to sell tenders i mean it's like it is what do they call them super consoles now like big huge 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 50 something foot center console outboard stuff Uh uh-huh it's all that and all the you know shade and seating and you know wine uh champagne bottle ice buckets and you know flutes and all it's like yeah like i I look at those
0: those big big boat shows and i'm like isn't this more of a yacht show than it is like a skiff show
1: i think they have indoor areas and whatever you'll see a different a little bit different mix depending on what show? There's one, I want to say the St. Petersburg one. Um, it's one show now, but it's a, like a ton of sailboats. They do a ton okay. of like sailboats there. So that's like the other. Okay. Um, so can you imagine
0: working a boat show right now with how under able, under able? the boat industry is right now to meet the demand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's engines. It's starting to be some materials.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Like raw materials, engines, trailers. And that's, you know, I guess their problems too. the trailer people is the raw material.
0: Hold on. Let's you you brought up trailers. So the Orvis Hell's Bay mashup, that's not on a a no, Rambler. uh
1: uh What happened there? I don't know.
0: It's probably, is, rambling, is it just like a one-off?
1: I pro- probably. I think okay. still. I think they'll still do the same thing. Okay. It's neat though. Yeah, it's got like Those rubber fenders. Rubber on. fenders
0: yeah. or whatever, which that would have to take some getting used to if I switch trailers because like I'm used to like being able to stand yeah. on my fender to get in and out of the boat maybe,
1: I don't know. The um I think that probably has something to do with the orvisness and
2: uh okay somebody
1: gave him something or one off to sponsored it. or something you know right I mean, whatever um but yeah i that that is a i never really thought about that as a salesperson at fort lauderdale international boat show what do you tell them right uh we, we're already booked till yeah you know year after next so i guess get in line
0: yeah I mean, even, you know, I was talking to Wilds just the other day. Um, you know, he just delivered uh, Nomad Tunnel down to Texas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's back up on the farm, you know, working. And I was like, so, you know, where are you at, you know, work-wise, because you're coming down here in a in a week. And he's like, man, I'm just busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. I got five, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, right here, mm-hmm. like, staring me in the face. And he's like, they're all going to Texas. And I'm like, what the what? Mm-hmm. Like, because prior to this tunnel, I think maybe he's delivered one or two boats to Texas. And then all of a sudden now he's got like five on order. Yeah. And they're all tunnels now. Um, so again, that you know, there's nothing earth shattering about putting a tunnel in a skiff. Right. but. If you're a custom builder and you have people come to you and say, I really like your skiff, but right. I'd really like a tunnel. And you say, Okay, well, this is what this is going to cost you. And then all of a sudden you're like, Holy shit. And I'm covered up with people wanting them. Yeah. I
1: think there's going to be a bad be problem to have. Like an explosion of the sport and the industry and whatever in Texas. It seems like an, like, not to downplay that boat, but it seems like a lot of high end boat builders go down there and it's all Texas all the time for a while. Well, it's like all the oil money. I think so, but like, you know, well okay, so the, the old boats don't the, come back. There's
0: and I don't I don't understand it cuz I certainly don't see it here, or at least maybe I'm maybe I'm missing it, but uh I want to say Forbes magazine just did an article either wall street journal or oh, forbes i
1: just saw that, that on, on was it on boating stuff
0: no it was on fly fishing
1: oh that, that's right yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
0: that uh you know fly fishing has taken off like hmm. it's like meteoric and now people within the industry are like um you know is this thing going to sustain itself my opinion is no i think that people found themselves locked down and they were trying to find anything and everything they could mm-hmm. to get outdoors. Um, I think that a large amount of the new fly angler demographic came from a lot of the social media, like uh, the Instagram accounts mm-hmm. and stuff. And people were like, wow, that looks cool. I could look really cool doing that. And they're looking for stuff to do outside. Right. So there's been a huge explosion there. And I was talking to somebody that's in the industry that owns a shop. And I said, so, you know, are you enjoying the shit out of this boom? And he said, not happening where I am. I was like, "Hmm, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Forbes, wall street journal, whatever it was, they just said, this is insanity. He said, it is out West. Mm. But when COVID was really ramping up, and all the lockdowns had just started, the East Coast was in its prime season. So everybody was still just generally locked down. Nobody had even been given the clear to, hey, you can go out, you know, socially distance and all that. And by the time that first wave of COVID stuff went through and that kind of relaxed, they were already past their prime fishing
1: season. Uh, but out west, they were right in the middle of it. They were going towards the, yeah, where they could go get outfitted and go give it a try today. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: I know on the most recent uh, Millhouse podcast, um, Andy made a passing comment about, oh, um, Hardy is who he works with. Like, he's a big Hardy guy. And I think he said that Hardy is up 800% 800%. Holy this cow. year 800%. That's insane. See yeah. the thing
1: that I love and I, I've probably talked about this before. I just love like scale. I just think that the neatest thing to me is like when you're like watching a train go by and the whole entire train is completely full of lumber. Yes. And it's like headed like south and you're like holy sh- I didn't realize there's a fucking lumber in this whole state combined at all. That would like fit, that would, a, f- yeah. Right like in in houses, in Home Depots, right at all, and it just drove by me in the last four minutes. Like man, that's solid. Just, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit, <that's> fucking, <laughs> you know, it's just it's like just seeing that, or you know, being on like an overpass and seeing like a rush hour. I'm like, I'm like, God, I didn't realize there was that so many cars, like,
0: right. running. Uh, so okay, so talking about cars, mm-hmm. so. I couldn't even venture a guess, but there's millions of cars built every year, mm-hmm. right? Millions. Mm-hmm. like, And that's insane to me. Yeah. Millions of cars right. in a model year. But how often are cars taken off the road? The average car lasts 10, 15, 20 years. Nowadays? Man, yeah. They're
1: like really good. And
0: it's like, where are all the... like? Yeah where are all these people that are thinking that they need a new car
1: when they are and they keep the old one or yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and
0: and, and then you start like, like you can drive by like and see like a parking lot, like go by one of those uh, auto auctions. Oh man. It's like nothing but used cars for fucking acres and acres and acres Uh, and acres.
1: It's a used car farm. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: insanity.
1: And the, um, the overflow lots for new car dealerships. Right when the the car dealership are completely full and they have some other like you know unassuming just like field or something up the street right and it's just covered I'm like wow so you you're sure you're gonna sell all those at that dealership and then you figured you'd have some in the back drawer as well to, back here to load it back up again yeah and I just I, you know I just think that's like kind of a major purchase now. so <laughs> so I've read
0: and this is years ago and i and i feel it's completely true to this day um one of the largest reasons for americans not accumulating wealth that they can pass on to the future generation because mm-hmm. you know everybody's goal as a parent if you're a parent is like to give your kid a better life than you have um and if you can pass on some wealth to them and, you know, help them level up, so to speak, that that's, you know, that's a parent's Mm -hmm. ultimate goal. But it was, it wasn't even a study. It was more anecdotal. Um, Somebody was talking about, you know, the single largest inhibitor of American families accumulating wealth are automobiles. Like bad loans on cars that are worse shit. Well, and they said that they said, you know, the typical family, You go back to the '50s. Dad had a car, one car, yeah, one car. One car, huge, yeah. And mom was a homemaker, Mm -hmm. raised the kids. Kids went off to school. Kids went off to college. After college, the young man might end up buying a car. But now you fast forward, you know, seventy years later, and I I probably read this or heard this talked about ten years ago. So Mm -hmm. sixty years later, the average family has. Four cars, mom and dad yeah. and the two the nuclear family with the, right. the son and the daughter. Right. And by the time they're in high school, they have that. And then they said, okay, so on average, mom and dad are buying a new car every three to five years. They're taking the shitty financing that they got and rolling it into an even shittier deal on right. the next one and a shittier deal on the next one. The kids don't get a brand new car, but they get a fairly recently traded in used car they get soaked and they're like look so the average and i would say no i've not had a car payment in
1: 10 years i'm saying exactly well no, i'm sorry 13 yeah i I was 2007 and i got mine
0: yeah i can't tell you when i paid my my truck off but like i got it brand new it was 05 i got it in the fall of 04 when the 05s first came out and as soon as it was paid off which it wasn't it wasn't like the standard wait five years to get it paid off. Like I got it paid off yeah, quick. Yeah. Um I've never had one since. Yeah. But if I remember my payment, even though there was a huge chunk of down payment that went down, because that, that was that's how I got my truck, is it was part of like a bonus package yeah. where I was working. And the company put like a really large down payment as my bonus to get right. that truck because I was like I I don't want a big payment, so my payment might have been four hundred bucks. And on that truck, that I mean, it's, yeah, that you know, it's great. a Super Duty. It's it yeah, was yeah. you know, so. But you look at the prices. Somebody buys a Super Duty today. It's eighty
1: eighty G's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they have, and it's the average like Ford dealership. If you drive by, there are a few hundred thousand dollar plus pickup trucks on that line.
0: Yeah. And and so, what would the payment be on that? You know, I mean, I remember years gone by. What do they do now when the
1: length is longer? Well, that's, well, that's what I was about to talk about. People. So
0: like, it used to be like the maximum you could do on a car loan is five years, 60 months. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden now it's like 72 months, 86 yeah. months. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm looking at it and going, bro's got a $700 car payment right. for the next eight years. Yeah. And it's like, so let's just say, let's, let's round down. And say that mom and dad's car because they're they're driving you know the really nice stuff. We're going to round down and say they got a five hundred dollar car payment, mm-hmm. but then their two kids have a three hundred and fifty dollar car payment. Right, seventeen hundred
1: dollars in car payments in perpetuity. Right. No, no. That's, and that's no insurance, no gas, no right. repairs, no tires. That's exactly. Just and that's why. Know. Where do they live? An apartment. An apartment. But (laughs) they
0: don't live in an apartment anymore. There's no such thing as an apartment complex anymore. What are they? They're luxury apartments. Oh, luxury. Luxury. They're luxury apartments. Um, And and the rent on a luxury apartment is higher than a fucking mortgage payment on a nice house. But you know why they're living in the luxury apartment? Because they're... Debt to income ratio is out of whack because they've got the four car payments, right. and nobody's willing to give them a loan on the house. Right. But the the people that are renting to them are like, "Fuck yeah, give me your money!" And if right. you don't pay me, I'll evict you. Right. So again, it's the craziest thing to me of the fact that everybody's material possession wants override their ass being able to actually accumulate wealth um right
1: because even if you even if you looked at the same deal on one of those cars right like you know pick the mom's car 500 bucks a month whatever however after that 72 months or whatever Uh she has on that thing keep it going right smash that in the bank guess what there's 30 or 40 or 50 thousand dollar thing it's not in your credit anymore. Exactly. Smash some cash in the and bank. you've got cash yeah. in the bank. All of a sudden, no. you can you, you know, uh, in I wouldn't say the whole country, but in a lot of parts of the country, that doesn't take long at five hundred and something bucks a month.
0: So let's let's talk about let's talk about mm-hmm. this new interest in fly fishing. Okay, mm-hmm. and a majority of it seems to be younger kids. Um, and I say kids. Mm-hmm. I, I I apologize. Young adults. Um. Is it Gen Z now? What what is it? I, I don't yeah, know. like I, the I've, youngest well, one. I don't know. I think it's so Anyway, Gen Z. They're they're coming into the sport, the pastime, the whatever we call fly fishing, and they're being bombarded with um, influencers and marketing that is telling them they if, need that if they if they're going to be a good angler, number one, they need to vote a certain way, but number two, <laughs> mm-hmm. they must have this rod, they must have this line, mm-hmm. they must have this reel. And so they figure out whether it's on the credit card that they got, because as a full-time student at such and such university, if you apply for this and prove that you're a full-time student, you're approved. Right? Because now we got our hooks into you for the rest of your fucking life. Mm-hmm. And they go out and they charge, and they walk out of the fly shop and the, the fly shop owner is more than willing, and I don't blame them, to swipe that card. Right. And out the door they go with $1,500 setup. Right. 1500 fucking bucks. They don't even know how to use it. And they're going to go out. They're going to flail around. They're going to give it the old college try for six, eight, ten months. And finally, because they don't practice, they don't fucking learn, they just think it's something that you can do, they get dejected. They get fucking done with it. And they're off to the next thing. But guess what they get to take with them for the rest of their life? That debt. <laughs> that $1,500 that the credit card company is so kind to send them a bill every month mm-hmm. that says, if you pay $30, bucks, we are good. Yeah. Because they know the debt number is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And you're just paying bare, not even keeping up with the interest payment. And so five years from now, after you're out of college, you've found your honey you're ready to start a family and you're thinking about buying a house, you realize I got to do something about this like penny any debt bullshit mm-hmm. or I'm going to be stuck living in a fucking apartment.
1: Well, what's the next? I mean, somebody that that walks out with a $1,500 rod um, and like a job at a pizzeria in college mm-hmm. is I feel like there's kind of like a type of person that, the next thing that they do, they'll probably be on a $2,000 bicycle. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that credit card's going to come back out.
0: Okay, but That's so, it. so, just keeping it, like, fly-fishing-centric. Right. Um, God, it's been a long time ago, right? At least probably 10 episodes where we talked about dusty to crusty. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, whoever the fly rod manufacturer is, name them doesn't matter any of the big name fly rod manufacturers they change the color a little bit of shape a little bit of materials maybe i don't know i haven't Mm -hmm. looked at it under a spectrometer to see Mm -hmm. if they're fucking bullshitting me or not but every year miraculously that rod that was the cat's meow that's supposed to help me cast further. Doesn't matter if I'm standing in the fucking eye of a hurricane. Mm-hmm. I'm adding distance to my fucking cast because I, I have it. this I rod. Yeah, yeah, saw it. Um, they're going to sell new stuff every year. And and there's a lot of marketing yep. that goes into it. And it's very shrewd, very well-targeted marketing. And I'm raising my hand. I fell for marketing last year, or in 2020. Part of 2020 being a shitty year, I fell for a fucking new reel that I would rather use as a boat anchor at this point, mm-hmm. but I'm also in a different spot in my life where that 750, 800 bucks that I spent and I really fucking regret it. You know, I'm in a different place, but you paid off your 1500 first 1500 dollar <laughs>
1: rod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
0: what I'm getting at is who are who are the influencers in fly fishing? Let alone in in cycling right. or whatever, whatever expensive hobby, Yeah, where are the influencers that are saying, Hey, hold up a second. I want you to have sustainability in this new hobby and sport that you've, and I also want you to live a good life. So here's, let me, let me tell you a secret about what you're about to get into. Go to the fly shop. And cast a bunch of rods, right. okay? Tell them you want every fucking eight weight that they've got on the wall and you want to cast it because you're trying to make a decision on what you want to buy. Figure out which one feels the best for you and then start looking at price. And if it's a $800 or $1,000 rod, kindly go to a rod that wasn't quite the best for you but was still good. Right. That's $350, $400. And I even think those are high prices for starting something, there's
1: a ton of stuff in that now, in The lower end, running. absolutely, ton, ton, but, ton, ton. But even
0: then, like if you at least make sure you've really fallen in love with this new thing that you're doing mm-hmm. before you spend dumbass money. Because I mean, that's what it really is—is is mm-hmm. dumbass money. Um, you know, I've got rods and I've got reels that are definitely, you know, if we laid them on the table and people came in, they'd be like, "Oh, you paid dumbass money for that." And I'd be like, actually, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I wheeled and dealed. That came off of eBay. That, I know somebody that knows somebody mm-hmm. that knows somebody. Like, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg in, uh, <laughs> what, what was, uh, Starsky and Hutch. Oh, and he yeah, rolls yeah, up yeah, in the yeah. caddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like. He's got his, like, purple suit. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, I know some people that know some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, the industry doesn't want to hear this, but, you know, there's great abuses that take place on their pro programs but here's also the here's also the dirty little secret that the industry pretends that they're upset that this pro staff pricing gets abused the manufacturers don't care oh, cuz they're getting they're getting their, their full boat that's that's what the that's yeah. what the retailer would have paid them right. and then the retailer's going to double it so you just
1: cut out a retailer. Yeah.
0: You just cut out a retailer, yeah. but, and, and, and it's important to understand when you're brand new to it, probably the last person you want to cut out is the specialty retailer. Cause they're the ones that are going to help you learn how to cast. They're going to explain right. stuff to you. They're going to teach you how to rig stuff. So I'm not an advocate of saying, you know, try to go find a pro deal. I'm an advocate of don't spend stupid money that you don't have. Right to look a particular way. Go out and get shit that will work for you so that you can go out and enjoy yourself and down the line, if you're successful, hell if you end up, you know, being the next Elon Musk with fuck you money. Yeah. Then go buy the fucking whatever you want. I mean, I've got I got a friend that's an attorney and I'm not going to say his name. He absolutely 100% one day told me, there's only one brand of rod that I will ever buy. It's this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're not all that good. You know, like th- this one was okay. The next two kind of sucked. He's like, no, 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 I'm not saying that I'm saying that's the only name that's ever going to be on a rod. That's in my hand because people know I'm serious. If that's what I have. And what? I'm like, who the fuck cares yeah. if you're serious yeah. or not? You know, I can't tell you the last time I've looked at any, like, if somebody's coming to go fish with me, yeah. I don't like stop him at the dock and go, "Let me see your rod, please." No, fuck you. You don't get on the skiff. Yeah. Not oh, good no. enough.
1: Like, you're not serious.
0: Yeah, you're not serious. <laughs> but um, so like you, you you nailed it on the head though, too. It's like the next thing is going to be like, you know, a mountain bike or a road right. bike that's like 5 grand. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's the cost of your first car. Yeah. So, okay. So today there was some kind of bicycle race around here mm-hmm. um it came up us1 it went down riverside mm-hmm. it went over to the uh beach side mm-hmm. must have went all the way down to the cns and back out like it was full-on tour to france mm-hmm. um i was on uh riverside coming down here to meet ben and uh right at the south end of riverside is like a hard 90 degree to the west mm-hmm. and there's a stop sign you have to stop but anybody coming eastbound they can they get to go ahead and cruise through i don't even know why the stop sign's there because you can't turn left but whatever there was a pack of tour de france lycra wearing Mm -hmm. like a lot of militant bikers
1: a lot of crazy colors yeah
0: coming around the corner and like there, there was a pack of them like at least 25 30 and they were Full on in like, you know, race gear, race Mm -hmm. attitude. And they were all trying to like pass each other on that corner. So there's actually three or four of them that are now coming at me like as opposing traffic. Mm -hmm. I'm still like a good hundred yards away, but I'm, you know, I'm going 25. It's Mm -hmm. the speed limit. So I'm getting closer. They're getting closer to me and they're still like trying to make their little move before Mm -hmm. they go back into the pack. And one of them actually like threw his hand up and pointed at me like, I needed to go towards the shoulder to which my response was Mm -hmm. the whistle of a fucking diesel turbo. Mm -hmm. So he got back in line pretty quick. Um, and then as he was getting in line, I'm completely unobstructed on the roadway. Now headed to the stop sign. I see the tail end, like the last 10 coming around the corner. I can see, okay, it's going to be, and there's like a dust up to the left. And I look, and one of them had gone too wide and wrapped his <laughs> shit around a mailbox. <laughs> it was bad. I, mean, I think he was more embarrassed. I don't think he like really got hurt because yeah. it was one of those like almost like uh, I call it a Tupperware. You know, like the plasticy looking yeah, you know, yeah, bully yeah. mold yeah. But man it. And he was getting on his bike riding away, and that damn thing was like halfway over. And I'm thinking, you should go and knock on somebody's door and say,
3: hey, I fucked up
0: your shit. Does that count as a hit and run? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Bicycle hit and run. Can
3: you imagine that, like. If you're sitting little in county little jail, little what are you record? here for, yeah. brother? Hitting in a you're, mailbox you're, on my bike. Your Lycra? Like, it's still, like I say, still,
0: <laughs> still in full Lycra. Yeah. No helmet. Yeah. Wearing, wearing fucking uh, jail slides because right. they made you take <laughs> your fucking
3: little sissy shoes Clip off,
0: off. Clips, man. yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you
1: in for, man? God, it's I'm going to like Google
3: it tomorrow and see if it's real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want it to be.
0: So, anyway, I, you know... It, Social media wise, I want I want to see somebody step out there and start taking on the the cost of doing business as an angler. If you're worthy of being called an angler, I think that. And how do we? How do you know? They talk about making our sport or making fly fishing more accessible to you know, minorities and, and women. Right. And so, But you never see any of the manufacturers or the
1: shops talking about how do you make it more affordable for everybody? Right. You know? And guess who that draws in when you go everybody and you make a group bigger, you have more minorities. You have more women. You have a bigger group. Yep. You know what I mean? So is the percentage going to change? Maybe or maybe not, but you just dragged a ton more people out and everybody's enjoying, um, to kind of add to your point a little bit um, if you had if you could go and fish and catch fish with like five hundred bucks worth of stuff ever right they you've ever spent on it imagine the amount of days you could fish oh take like the cost the whole cost of the boat all the rods all of this all that over the years or even worse if it was on a credit card right you know or you know boat payments is kind of if you took all that away you'd have all the time in the world to beat the trash out of well that's what we were talking yeah. about with uh, Dusty to Krusty yeah yeah you know
0: don't spend a thousand dollars on the new Salt HD mm-hmm. go find the XI2 that you liked yeah that has now become quote unquote obsolete right yeah that somebody found in their fucking uncle's closet that they're selling on eBay for pennies on the dollar for yeah. what it you know originally was overpriced for right and so you end up getting a rod, still expensive in my book at three hundred bucks. Yeah, but you saved seven hundred bucks. I could put together a hell of a weekend for seven hundred bucks. Oh, you could go. for It's a
1: lot of gas. It's, yeah, That's a lot of uh, shitty hotel m- motel rooms. Yeah, oh, you could and do that. And whatever. that's what we used yeah. to talk about. Yep.
0: Maybe maybe we need to refocus on that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're talking about. I love it. I think we're talking twenty twenty one is going to be the year of the little fish. Right. We're gonna we're gonna target little fish. Right. <laughs> um, and we're gonna target being sensible. With financial decisions, not just in fly fishing, but in fucking life. Mm-hmm. You don't need a brand new car every fucking two years or no. four years or six years. Like I've said it and I know you guys get tired of me playing the old man role, but like the the thing that I was told many times and it's like the phrase that I use is if you're willing to do today what others won't, you can do tomorrow what others can't. But, yeah. And most people are like, No man, I gotta I gotta have the newest jacket, I gotta have right. the newest shoes, you know. And all you're doing is fucking mortgaging your future.
1: Right. And the, the time time is money type thing right? That's, that's both ways.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? So
1: mea culpa. Yeah.
0: Okay. I have always had I don't even know. I'm gonna go ahead and call it what it is. A chip on my shoulder. I've had a chip on my shoulder because I love the fuck out of Howlers' clothes. I love the mm-hmm. I love the company. I love the style. I love a lot of stuff about Howler Brothers. But what I hate is how damn expensive it is. It's up there. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. up there. I'd say it's, it's one of the premier
3: and, like, yeah, price but, points. Yeah,
0: and and so over the years, I have plenty of Howler gear. But Larry always waits till the end of the season and goes to the website and looks at the clearance stuff. And I'm just fucked up enough that <laughs> typically the stuff that I like is the shit that most people are like, eh, not sure I like that. So there's always some left over at the end of season. Mm-hmm. And it, they typically, in their clearance on their website, it's like 40% off. And I'd bite my fucking lip and fucking gnash my teeth and go, God, this is still so fucking expensive. Mm-hmm but I'm saving 40% and I do like it. Mm-hmm. So I got it. Well, maya culpa. The last round of shirts that they came out with. And for as much as I like Haller, I'm not in, not proficient in like exactly what all their styles are called.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I like Pearl snap shirts. Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. fucking, mm-hmm. I love them. They're nice. They're my jam. I bought three, fucking long sleeve pearl snap shirts at full fucking price oh full my rib. damn i mean complete fucking angina like fucking heart
1: right. skipping a beat <laughs> yeah i've got angina
0: I, I actually i couldn't actually fucking bring myself to do it you had to make shannon order it. i said shannon i'm <laughs> sending you the pictures of these
2: just please
0: order them just have them sent here i i don't tell me how much the fucking total is just please just do it. I'm like to tell you what the total is right <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> hide my no, hide my own have... bank statement from me later. Yeah, That's exactly I see that.
0: They have and you know like you know on Instagram or whatever, you know social media let's call it, you know it's like so and so or you know ambassadors or influencers and mm-hmm. stuff and it's like honestly if there is one company, <laughs> please <laughs> let it be Howler. Yeah, <laughs> Cause, for real. Because I really dig the shit, but man, I just can't afford it. It's right. not that I can't afford it; it's right. just I choose not to afford it. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm looking pretty sharp in last year's Howler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, though, I, I do.
3: I do yeah. have three new shirts. Mm-hmm. But so. you know, what's funny. I I remember like Flood Tide was a prime example. Like you'd buy a Flood Tide hat, and you'd like you wouldn't wear it for like two years. Uh huh. And then you'd come rolling around and we'd be like, oh, shit, where did you get that? That one's awesome. Dude, they haven't made that. Like, I had a guy offered. I had my 7 way hat. He'd been out of stock for like three years. Offered to buy it off of me, like uh-huh. right then and there. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, will give you 50 bucks for that hat. I was like, no, fuck off. Yeah, the, saving um, this sucker. This is my yeah, good this is mine. This yeah. my good. This is
1: my Sunday hat. It goes, in, it goes on the road um, yeah. of dirty on one side and all the way up to brand new clean. So you, once you wear them out, it takes a it, while, man. I mean, does. I do. I do have... Like I I do play that game like, oh, yeah. where
0: I'll get stuff and I'll just like put it to the mm-hmm. side. Like, you well you it's, w- w- it's it's already last you know, it's like it's you're already spring close out or up whatever. Because yeah. you're already one behind. But right? I, I I won't even bring it out for like a year and a half. And like everybody's like, Oh dude, yeah. is that? that? I'm like, Yeah, motherfucker it is. Mm-hmm. Vintage. If you
3: new vintage.
0: Right. If, new if you were style. to
3: whip out with a flood tide cobia shirt, I think you could own the whole world. Right I think like the whole fly fishing yeah. would be like, and he's done it, right. folks. We're out. <laughs> yeah,
1: and we and he's done
3: it. The, folks. Uh, I do like the new howler stuff. That new, It's a pearl button snap, but it uh with the jellyfish on it. Uh huh. I really oh, like that Oh, they do that like one. that. It's like a, a pattern. They call it a like gaucho be, or something. Yeah, where they'll be like, oh, it's, it's a like gaucho. Of, yeah. yeah,
1: it's a uh, <sighs> That one's hard not to walk away with. Um, I'm good enough at like, Getting stains on clothes, though,
3: bro. Just That's your not my hat, thing. Just your hat, yeah, yeah. Of like, you can <laughs> yeah. give. Just case in point, if you, it'll change any color. You somebody want. send in a mail barge like <laughs> a pristine hat for Carl, right? With the explicit instructions that he's to wear it every day. I guarantee you, it's not the same hat in a month. One month, like, it's, one month. Of I've change watched this colors, man go dude. through so many. This he had a say. green hat that turned blue one time. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well you know i typically make
0: decisions on like because i'm there with carl like mm-hmm. I, I, I can i can get sh- i can fuck yeah. some shit up so it's like certain t-shirts are like sunday go to meeting t-shirts oh yeah yeah, um, yeah certain you know like certain long sleeve shirts like yeah. okay I, i'll wear that one on the boat but that one hell no that's not going there. Yeah. Yeah. you know because i'd fuck it
3: up but uh I've done that, too, and then the other day, I I got stuck on my T2F2 logo shirt, uh, my blue one. I'll just order a new shit. one.
1: It's fine. The um, But it might come out. I washed it today. We'll see. I think, you know, I've always kind of had the idea of maybe putting together some kind of gear guide. I remember, um, and this has been kind of a long time, there was some forum somewhere, whatever, you could Google what lines were what like where they what factory they came out of and it would be like all right so in seven weight go to bass pro shops Uh and get their seven weight line their whatever they call warm water tropical whatever it's got to be yellow and that is actually airflow but in eight weight if you get the blue one the Bass Pro Shop brand, you know, and these are right. like $30 uh-huh. for the line. Right. That comes out of the same factory that Rio does. So the, it was this breakdown of the different colors and the different weights where and when where they came from. I was like, man, somebody like hacked the world. Right. And like went and like measured them or like whatever, just did their research. Okay, so. so um, That would be kind of a cool gear guide to be like, you know where that blank comes from? Same place as the high dollar one. Right, But <laughs> yeah. but
0: more so than that is – if you just have a basic understanding of how a fly line is constructed. Right. And it gives you the ability to look at the box yeah. and say, okay, this is a weight forward, but it's like a lot weight forward. Right. It's got a real big barrel on the front and like what that means and how that works. Because we've talked about this before and we're, I feel like we're getting back to our roots, right? So I'm still fishing. Today, as a matter of fact, before I broke my fucking rod, um, the fly line that I'm fishing is now officially well over a year and a half old, and it's an Atlantic salmon line.
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. I, don't tell the bass that I caught that this afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want him to like you know have a crisis of identity. Right. Um. But again, a lot of the boxes. Have a bonefish face on it, or a redfish face on it, or a permit face on it. And who are we fucking kidding? Like, that's not. It's, it's, they're selling to us, the angler, right? The belief that if I'm going permit fishing, I have to have that line. Sign me up for another 80 bucks that I need to spend. Right.
1: You go, to the right At least. Sh- you go to the right shop on the right. way to where you're going G- permit fishing, it's 115. Yeah, <laughs> guess
0: guess what? My redfish line would have worked just fine. Right. And my, re- my bonefish line that I've had for three years since I went on that trip and
1: still haven't changed it off the reel right. works great for redfish, too. Right. You know, it's just like. I think there is some, you know, specifications and, like, dynamics of some of this stuff that the more you know. Yeah. Makes it. A little bit easier to... A lot easier to, you know, some of the... Even if you know, like, drag systems and the the amount of bearings and whatever and some kind of weird spinning rod. Right. You know what I mean? Or spinning reel. That makes it easier to make a decision of, like, this one's 20 bucks cheaper. Same manufacturer, same amount of this, same amount of that. Boom, boom. So the bottom line, it is the 31st.
0: We do have a full moon. Mm -hmm. Are you getting tricked or treated? Oh, God. I don't... So, I think it's uh, about time for a little, quick break. A little, tri- little treat. And uh, when we come back, we're going to take a little trip down near Miami. Mm.
4: Mr. Wolf and Mama Bear were banging on the door. I told them once, I told them twice, don't come around here no more. They've stolen all our chickens. They killed our neighbor's cat. Last night I saw him talking to Big Weasel and his rat It's such a cozy neighborhood, we love our little town Lately things ain't been so good, there's something going down It happened just a year ago, someone hired a band Dog and pony show that got clean out of hand. There was fur and feathers flying. The son of the old goat said, Coon Boy pulled a shotgun from his worn out overcoat. Bobcat killed Miss Peacock, Coon Boy shot the mare. While Mr. Wolf smoked opium and grinned at Mama Bear. Two dead ducks lay there beside Miss Peacock on the floor. The fat goose grabbed the telephone and called the dogs of war. The kitties begged for mercy, the pigs began to squeal. Coon boy took the kitty, jumped in his automobile. Bobcat and the wheel man, the famous Wolverine. Shot out the light and in the night they faded from the scene.
0: All right, just like that, we are back, and uh, through the miracle of technology, we have yet a number, another member of the podcast crew joining us, this time telephonically from Middle Tennessee, almost sliding off into Kentucky. Andrew, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? So uh, you're kind of fresh back up to the Volunteer State. You uh, were down here for a little sabbatical. Uh, I believe we're okay to talk about that?
5: (laughs) Yeah, I had to be kind of secret squirrel about that for a second. Yeah. Um, It's been forever since I've been able to travel, and I finally got the go-ahead-to-travel on the basis that I was to give a day by day itinerary of everywhere I was going to be and I didn't really factor in some places that I was
0: okay so well you know that uh, always easier to beg forgiveness than to ask permission that's uh, a a motto that I try to live my life by um works <laughs> works pretty well um until it doesn't so um yeah. you know I um I knew that you were around, uh, but I I kept uh, OPSEC and didn't really mention it to anybody. Um, But once you had uh, put your roots down back home uh, in the Miami homestead area, um, I knew that Ben was going to be going down to uh, coral Springs, yep. right? In that Coral Springs, Coral Springs, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, so I, I said, "Hey Ben, um, y- y- sorry we've been keeping a secret from you, but uh, there's somebody <laughs> down there that you might want to reach out to because uh, as as things went, um, the Casey Marie was uh, all but finished and simply needed a power source to put her on plane." So uh, Ben had made arrangements with uh, our friend Dustin, who had upgraded his power plant on his skiff. And uh, Ben was going to go down and get a Mercury 2 smoker from uh, him. (laughs) And I said, you know, this would be the perfect opportunity because Dustin will be tied up at work until the afternoon. You should get a hold of Andrew and uh, you guys should go peacocking. And damned if y'all didn't.
1: We call Hell, it just yeah. cocking.
2: <laughs> cocking.
1: <laughs> just, just just two <laughs> bros cocking. Just a couple guys out That's cocking. It. Cocking around Strutting South Florida stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Indecent exposure of the fly fishing kind. Oh, yeah.
5: That's so, such a different game. I haven't really fished. I mean, I've, I've tried a little bit in Homestead, um, right. but the fishery is kind of different in Homestead compared to Coral Springs. Uh, there's a lot more, like, subdivisions and – housing than homestead so i hadn't really gotten the drop on it down south
0: but. yeah you know i can i can testify to that because when i spent time uh at your casa we went and it's really like those c12 c41 whatever you know those yeah. c kind of ditches mm-hmm. which are really like vertical walls and there's definitely peacocks around right and uh you know, then there's oh yeah, there's big, yeah, there's all kinds of, but it's you know a lot of ground to cover. I so like, so I yeah. had fished with Andrew for, and we were out there hoping to you know mm-hmm. cock a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> it didn't it didn't work out as favorably for us as we had hoped, and then Dustin, um, I was able to incorporate an afternoon with he and one of his buddies on my way down to Key West to do some work, and. I'm with you, Andrew, completely different fishery, uh, different topography and man, it was like getting the secret unlocked. I Mm -hmm. felt like Indiana Jones and I'd picked Mm -hmm. up the right, Mm -hmm. you know, statue to be able to open that room up. Mm -hmm. So you guys obviously got down there and I'm assuming, um, you guys got in touch with Dustin because I know that. Carl and Mark had shared spots with you guys and you guys blew off all of the in-house fucking uh, Mm -hmm. help that was was given your all's way,
5: but
3: then still fucking like smoked them when you got down there. Yeah. Well, part of that was Carl's advice was years old. Yeah. A couple of years with a Z. Right. Uh, (laughs) Mark, I don't know when the last time he had fished it was, but like, Part of it, too, was like I I was trying to stay close to Dustin's house so I could go meet him. And then he just, I mean, he dropped me like seven pins. of. he's like, hit this. They're going to be here. This is going to be what's going on. And it it was like he just handed over the keys to the Peacock Kingdom. I would have done the same thing. I just Mm. wouldn't have rubbed all my friends'
0: noses in it.
3: Well, (laughs) that's where we're different. Uh, No, I didn't intend to like rub your noses in it, but I'm not going to lie. That's what happened. We
5: were so focused on uh, getting lunkers that
3: right. kind of just happened. Smashing huge fish. Yeah. the uh,
5: It was, you said, you know, finding the keys to the kingdom. Me and Ben looked at each other within the first, like, 15 minutes, like, is this even
3: real? Well, because it's, it, 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 it's you would never think, like, this is where these fish are. So let me ask this question, and and this is
0: where the hurt, the burn's going to be the Mm -hmm. deepest, Mm -hmm. depending on how you answer this. Okay. So Uh, I had had fished with Dustin, and Dustin had given me a nice little supply of his favorite fly that he uses that is proven over time to be the color, the pattern that gets the most. They're real bright and crazy looking, yeah. And so I had those in my truck, and I think I even called you back to the truck and I was like, Hey, hey, come here come here, come here, come here before you leave and I gave you a Ziploc bag with some of those flies in it. Please tell me those are the flies that you fished. You didn't give me a Ziploc bag of flies. Oh I know I, or Andrew, did I give them to you then? I know you, I gave you,
5: yeah, you gave me you threw me a fly. Okay. Which was the only, only fly, only Clauser type fly, only chartreuse anything that I had and uh I only gave you so one? The,
0: just yeah. one?
1: Selfish. I'm a stingy bastard. Stingy, I'm a man. stingy yeah. bastard. Boy. What if you had lost that? Like, I lose so, flies. <laughs> okay, well, well.
5: So, I caught, like, five fish on that and quickly found out that peacock bass are a little more aggressive and have, like, it. teethier. Oh, man. It destroyed it destroyed my fly and then destroyed my thumb.
0: Um, oh, yeah. I heard I you, you got a good thumb head. burn out of he got,
5: one
3: of he, them. He bled, baby.
5: I mean, I, I kind of felt like a bitch, but it really fucking hurt. <laughs> they were doing um, the su-
1: the sweating and bleeding. We were doing the tears up this way. That's know? right. Yeah, we're doing the crying. <laughs> so
3: we we get to this pond, and it's it's surrounded by this apartment complex. Uh, not a luxury apartment, but just a normal one. Right, old school. Uh, I'm fishing. Oh, the, you fish
0: that side of town?
3: Did you that side of town?
1: <laughs> no, I'm Coral Springs really don't have that
3: kind of side of town. It's like- no, just but just like eh. stucco apartments um, we we would call those 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 are legacy apartments legacy
2: legacy apartments Mm -hmm.
3: well I was fishing the south corner of this pond and Andrew hits up like it's still south corner but like 150 feet north I'm not getting it I'm not hitting any bites and seeing some stuff I'm like all right, this is kind of weird but I'm trying to figure it out all of a sudden this dude just like wham there's one I'm like, okay, cool. He hits another one. And he's like three in, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong? So he's like, okay, here's what I'm doing with the stripping pattern. Rip it much faster like you would a jack. I'm like, okay. And boom, it started clicking. Okay. Um, so I start, I'm, I'm but I'm in the corner of the pond where the wind shifted, like all the crap and film on top uh-huh. like blowing into me so I'm like I'm going to move around so I start like you're down at
0: the end of the canal or the pond where like the doll's head is yeah it's like bobbing a, by a,
3: yeah. one and you're like flip-flops. I don't know if this is charming or terrifying um, two pink flip flops
5: yeah it's like I'm so glad oh. I wore uh, flip flops to the hypodermic needle farm
3: <laughs> yeah and, see exactly so I'm like walking down the bank kind of looking down the bank seeing a peacock bass like in a sand bed so I'm like trying to cast at him and I'm like walking closer, walking closer, and listen, something starts hissing at me. I look now, there's like a three foot iguana, I'm yeah, to yeah, step one, bright orange, like yeah. I don't know, how I've missed
1: it at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, so just like I'm a, gonna come back to your side of the pond, like a medium, like a medium <laughs> dog, size, yeah, it was short legs, oh
3: for sure, it was. No, I pointed out to Andrew, he's like, oh my gosh, how did I not see that? It was huge. But you caught I mean nothing was
1: uncontested in that area.
3: Yeah, nothing was a, nothing was fighting. Including now. you. Yeah. That's just like, left, I left no, there. I I bitched out. Did, like did he go home,
1: Did he jump in the water? No. No. Oh. He just hissed he, at me I got out scary of the have water. Have you seen yeah. them when they go in the water? They man, they swim really Yeah, really, one of them really did well. to get out Especially of his way. Yeah, and they look
2: yeah, creepy when they're swimming.
5: If you're walking the canals down there and there's like a five foot drop to the actual water, they'll like spear dive off the 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 side of the canal and scare the shit out of you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I think I think Andrew got four or five in that first one. And then I think I got three or four. And then we even doubled up at one point. We were just like, nah. yeah, you guys sent us the picture. which yeah, is It was damn pretty awesome. fun. I was like, that's like that's little twinsies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then,
5: well, it was pretty cool. Cause like, you know, you'd strip it in, like hook up immediately and then tell your fish out, like pretty close to the side of the bank. And then four or five big peacock bass would be following
1: it. Try to see what's and, going yeah, on. There, like, yeah. yeah. aggressive. It, right there. it was weird. Yeah.
0: And I was like, Andrew, Drop your line and hook up. Did you guys get into any other species, like any any other? We didn't cichlids I did see, or anything.
3: I did see one uh, bowfin come after my fly once, but he didn't commit. Okay. Um, and then we got to the point where we're like, it had shredded every clouser we had. We were done. Wow. Uh, we had. I was throwing a like a bear hook basically with like three strands of bucktail on it. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew had a little bit left. I was like. Let's figure out where the closest fly shop is, which wound up being Bass Pro, which was like twenty five minutes away, and it was like I think it was like eleven thirty at that point. So we shot over there, grabbed lunch, um, picked up a couple clouds. Overpriced. fries? No, oh, yeah, and, and it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, was
1: it the one at IGFA? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, it's got the restaurant in there too. Yeah. yeah, super bougie. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of like business lunches going on, which was kind of funny. Uh, they made me wear a mask, so the in the store, like I walked through the whole store without one, and I get to the restaurant. He's <laughs> like, "You have to have a mask." I was like, "I don't have one," and she escorts me through the restaurant to get a mask to start me a, over. To start yeah. over, yeah. We, walked <laughs> yeah. I was like, we
5: walked past our table. We walked past our table to go get a mask. I was like, you "Wear just a mask." Sat today.
3: me here, yeah. Um,
0: well, we, you know, COVID knows that it can only get you. In in between the hostess stand and the table,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so COVID the, fact that, that were, the fact that you were the fact that you were walking past the table, you tricked COVID. Mm-hmm.
3: I know. I was. I I felt like I felt like the Deathly hollows. I tricked Death. <laughs> um, so went back. We had like fifteen minutes to fish the same pond. We didn't get any hits, and then Dustin was getting home, so we shot over to his house. Okay. Did uh,
0: did you guys let him know that you were? tapioca on uh the
3: real good flies did he hook you guys up he hooked us up big good um to the point where i didn't even use my bass pro flies they're still in my van. Yeah. um but
5: he he hooked us up with a bunch of other r&d stuff that he was working on
3: yeah I just
0: you know i've he and i talked when i was down there and i was fishing with them like wouldn't it be stellar if they were as aggressive on top water as they are subsurface. Oh, that would be insane. And, and he, he says that occasionally you can get them to, to smash a popper or something like that. But
3: man, I could only imagine like I, the, what, the wake coming behind the thing, just cause you can get a good way subsurface. Uh-huh.
5: It looks like a damn neon green torpedo coming at you. But I think me and Ben had, didn't we have the conversation about trying to get them on top water, doing like a bait and switch tactic. Like,
2: yeah i think i, we I did. bet if
5: you threw yeah if you threw a closet in there and got a bunch of them to chase it real fast and then throw a popper above them
3: you'd probably get something that would work yeah, yeah. It'd be like reverse chumming with like the whole teaser thing and bring yeah them up. but the um so we you know we hung out we had a couple beers on the tailgate went over my motor stuff uh-huh. ran it in the driveway and blah 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 loaded it in the van and then he's like well let's go fish so we Ran to he kept saying the pond behind my house is where the big ones are at, and then he took us to the other pond. Um, <laughs> classic Dustin. Don't think that move wasn't noticed, noticed and logged. Uh that that said, I'm I'll come down for the big pond again. I, I see what you did. Um <laughs> so we get to the other pond and start fishing and, and having a good time. Uh his buddy, same guy you fished with it with him, uh, uh came and hung out. Um The coolest thing about that situation is his buddy. is Is it Ron? It's something with an R. And I, I'm, I'm Ron sorry, or man, Rick, and I, I, you know, I apologize. They for not, him.
5: His nickname is Headless.
3: It is his nickname is Headless, and I don't. He didn't. No one elaborated why. Well, he he actually was the the
0: person that got Dustin into fly fishing yes. back like when they were in high school. So mm-hmm. it's like really cool to see these guys have been fishing together that long. The other day was. Yeah yeah so
5: it, yeah it's a cool little neighborhood i mean they all live right there and a bunch of neighborhood kids running around talking about fish they'd caught and it, it was like probably the most communal neighborhood i've seen in years yeah it, it was all seriously it
0: was around peacock neck, bass fishing which yeah. is
3: rad absolutely rad it it reminds yeah, you a lot of like surfers but with oh yeah with peacock bass right
5: like little groms running
3: around on bikes, catching. No,
5: not. Let's back up. Rides. Not
3: even on bikes. There's a kid named Gio, and he's got a 50cc yellow dirt bike, <laughs> and Gio tears it up with a fishing rod mm-hmm. on his dirt bike, just pond hopping, and the kid's badass. He's got a six foot peacock or six foot six pound peacock out of there. And you like he's holding it up, and it's like as big as he is. Right. It's massive. Um, but we started fishing this pond, and I guess you know normally they're pretty territorial. So you'll like they're like chasing each other off each other's beds, and it's all set. So there was a cove, and I kept throwing it in this cove. And just one after the I pulled five of them out of there. And to the point I was like, Andrew, Boom, throw it in up. here. Boom, and he hooked up.
5: up. Boom,
3: hook up. <laughs> this kid, Geo, is on the other side of the bank trying to fish. He's not catching anything. He's just watching this, just one after the other after the other. And so we, like, move down the pond. I see him get on his bike. And he, like, kicks up and runs it around and, like, <laughs> goes over and talks to Dustin. And he's like, hey, man. He's like, what's up? He's like, what are you doing, Geo? you having a good time? He's like, yeah, I'm fishing. He's like, hey, what's up with that guy? And I'm I'm, oh, no, no. I'm not even like I'm like 200 feet away. I don't have no idea this conversation's happening. He's like, I don't know. What do you mean? He's like, is this guy like the boss? He's <laughs> like, what do you mean? Is he the boss? He's like, he's like, bro. You and I both know nobody pulls that many peacocks out of here. He's like, how's this guy catching one?
1: He's like, he's got to be the best peacock fisherman in the world. And it's like, like this is like since day one. I was like, day right? one, baby. Yeah. So it's like, like you played the whole video game and you have to beat. Ben and Peacock Fish. Yeah, so you're exactly. the boss at the yeah. end of the game. Well, yeah. D- D- Dustin, but I'm the
3: boss at the end of the game who just like just somehow got dumped in there. Like, right. Yeah. So we, we were
5: introduced as radio personalities to uh Gio.
3: We were so
5: he's like, mm. Oh, he has a radio show and you know, oh shit, Ben's Ben's the boss of that radio show just by <laughs>
3: he <doesn't> that. <laughs> but Dustin comes over just like barely able to contain himself laughing oh, sure. It's so hard to explain all this. So well, Ben is ben, El so, Jefe. I'm El Jefe, mm-hmm. the peacock boss. Um, oh, I just
5: love the innocence and like how, how pure it is. Like, yeah, the man who caught the most fish should be the boss. Like,
3: right, like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Screw <laughs> that he's literally got the least experience of anybody <laughs> in this
5: pond. Only if it was, yeah.
3: The, uh,
6: man,
5: it was a damn good time. Justin, stand-up dude. Great host. List. I mean. They were really, 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 really friendly and uh, really, really glad I got to uh, meet them and tag along on, you know, Ben's drug deal he did with them for the motor.
0: Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So, Andrew, did you uh, have an opportunity to do any fishing otherwise while you were back here in the Sunshine State?
5: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, so first day I got down there with you. uh, I know last podcast you kind of explained it vaguely um, with the tarpon fishing really glad we got to get out even if it was just for uh, a few hours but yeah um that was that was a really good time and i've never done uh much with tarpon in the lagoon or you know elsewhere around that area but it was just um you know so left there that that afternoon got down to florida and uh met up with a number of guys and spent a lot of time fishing for uh juvenile tarpon back in the glades uh commandeered a, a friend's truck to tow my canoe to and fro a handful of times nice and, and yeah i had this kind of one spot in the glades i they almost feel like pet tarpon because it's kind of like i kind of found the spot by myself but although a lot of people now fish it uh not because it was discovered just because no one told me about it but right um yeah, so to get to see those fish again, I hadn't seen them in 2 years since I moved here. Um just to know that they're still there. Holy shit, it's
3: been that long. A pretty it's there. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, said like one. Yeah. I should have probably said 9 months.
0: <laughs> did you did you I know you slid down to the Middle Keys at least once um to give uh, bonefish a go?
5: Yeah, we had pretty shit weather the whole time I was there. Right. Um we had like The first week was blowing fifteen to twenty, uh from the southeast. So I found one day I was blowing I think I was like blowing like ten and tide was gonna be right and dragged my brother down to Alamorada. I'm like, you know what, screw it, let's go all the way down to um like the lower keys. So we hopped on Seven Mile Bridge, went past Bihia Honda and uh played around there for about an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, really didn't do, like, serious bone fishing, but, um, yeah, the weather, you know, it, it, if you plan something, the weather is always going to be pretty bad on that week.
0: Well, so. of course, of course, that's just the way it works. Um, yeah. So, uh, you're back in Middle Tennessee, um, you know, I guess it's, uh, from my memory of uh, this time of year up there, you're starting to get into the I-want-to-fucking-kill-myself weather. Um, <laughs> just probably
5: had uh,
3: that just a rare we sunshine. Had that. Mm-hmm.
5: yeah it, i mean th- this is supposed to be the month or two where it's really nice but we had that shitty like half hurricane roll through and we got some of the residual residual rain from that past week um, so yesterday it really cleared up and then today i got out to this big night national recreation area it's called lay between the lakes for anyone up here um And I was actually out there scouting for a photo shoot today. And um, there's all these, like, kind of finger bays and coves uh, with the lake up here. Um, And they're, like, big stretches of real shallow flat water. And I was just driving around and come up to this one vista. And I looked down and, like, is that a redfish? I mean, what is tailing? Yeah. And those probably 15, 20 carp that were all tailing in this one bay and uh started heart started pounding my hands started shaking and uh i, I was kind of looking at it and i'm like oh wait i got the five weight right in the back of the truck had no intention of on fishing and uh look at the water look at my nice boots that are new and shiny yeah, you know what fuck it <laughs> so good
2: for you <laughs> i waited out
5: there about knee deep water and uh stocked a few carp for about 30 minutes of course, you know I'm, I'm terrible at fishing in general, so I didn't connect. But it was still pretty cool to get get a stock on something like that. I've never fished or had seen tailing cart before.
0: So, how far is this spot from uh, your house at this point?
5: Uh, it's about an hour through country roads and stuff. Okay,
0: so uh, doable. Uh, yeah, Repeatable. totally yeah. doable. Uh, definitely falls within day tripping uh, according to Colorado rules. So, uh, Sounds
1: like a nice little make-out point. Dude, there, it's, you know uh, I mean?
0: it's fucking oh. redfish, man. Get back out there and fucking <laughs> get, feed one, man. Go get your girl from the barn. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Oh. Could you tell were they Did common carp? Yeah. Uh,
5: I, I, I wasn't even completely sure they were carp.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Uh, I'm sure they were.
5: Dude, I assume they only eat grass, right?
0: No, 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 no. Like r- little redfish buggy stuff. Um, so' oh, really? yeah on the smaller side i'll I'll send you some um uh, I've got some carp flies i'll I'll put together something and send it up to you hell yeah so
5: I appreciate it yeah it, I mean it's good to get out and is it was, is it was dan good to be in Florida and get to see a few of you guys and uh you know hopefully the dinghy derby thing works out for me but um it's a little short notice from my boss I think
0: yeah well you know if
5: hopefully it, I'll be down the next month or so for the holidays and
0: yeah that'd be awesome looking forward to it Mm -hmm. um well look man we're gonna we're gonna cut you loose um we're actually going to uh take another quick break when we uh come back we're actually going to talk about what you just brought up the dinghy derby and uh we're gonna leave tennessee behind and we're gonna take a little mosey up towards montreal canada and when we come back it'll be with ted so uh Andrew, appreciate you checking in. Um, we Thanks miss you, brother. If yeah, you can man. get down here this coming weekend, that'd be awesome. You know, you got a place to stay. And uh, if we don't see you, we'll see you the next time you're in town.
5: Yes, sir. Raise hell. Praise
3: Dale. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Dale <laughs> heavy, not Dale light. <laughs>
0: hey, Dale heavy. God rest us all.
3: I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Later, brother. Well, man, it was good
0: uh, hearing from Andrew. Yeah. We uh, always appreciate a little time spent with our boy. Um, I kind of feel remiss not asking him what uh, kind of photo shoot he was scouting. But uh, I know he's got a little side <laughs> gig going I it on. That was an OnlyFans shoot. No, right.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe he can uh, send us the uh, stock photos that he's going to get out of that. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, meanwhile... This is kind of a shit show. We usually have Mark uh, on d j um, Duty, and currently we don't, so this is more me trying to um, shall we say waste a little time so we get some <laughs> bumper music and uh, we'll just see what happens here. oh, that's nice that that was really bumper in yeah. so uh, like we said, we're gonna check out here for a minute refresh some beverages and uh get our good friend ted mcgregor on the phone and when we come back we're gonna deep dive into november 7th the dinghy derby it's now less than one week away and once we're done with that we're getting pretty close to the end of this episode so uh be like us head over to the fridge get another beer and get ready for the next little part of episode 55 taylor trash fly fishing we'll be right back back and uh through uh the miracle of telegraph and smoke signal we have uh the one and only the headliner of the show ted mcgreasy mcgreasy what's happening what's going on ted
6: not much man
0: took a little while for
6: the smoke signals to uh travel along uh along those trade winds but they got here
0: yeah so uh are you still uh sloshing through snow or did that like just come and go and melt and you're back to like normal up there?
6: Yeah, I'm back to normal right now. We had a pretty favorable Halloween
0: afternoon here. So uh yeah, it's been been pretty nice, well, just a little one off. To the be the fair, it's
1: stuff. Canadian Halloween, it's different.
0: So so are you on a sugar high right now? <laughs> did you go through Alania's uh candy and pick out all the stuff that you like?
6: Not yet, not yet. Um, they probably give out, like, pretty good
3: damage,
1: fresh so. fruit
3: and veg the, the, You Canada, ever wonder you know where I mean? popcorn balls and apples came from? Yeah. I
1: guarantee that's kind of <laughs> yeah. deeply steeped in Canadian tradition. Mm-hmm. Pickled uh, carrots and all kind of stuff. Pickled moose feet. Oh, oh, man. My mom my mom gave him an
6: apple. Um, what <laughs> told she, you. He, he liked apples. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't throw it back at her and be like, no, but, it was nice. but it's Halloween. Mm-hmm.
5: Fuck you, mom. So,
0: uh, <laughs> so, Ted. There's still a little bit of um, indecision or misinformation. Like it's almost like a Russian campaign. Mm. Um, I was speaking to our friend Rich at District Angling, and he was under the mm. impression that you were driving down. And I said, No, he's flying down. Are you flying or driving?
6: I am. I am flying down. Unfortunately, the land crossing is still um, shut down. And uh, I actually did uh, my due diligence and called Homeland Security and uh, sort of gave them some, you know, uh, just a few asked a few questions about kind of crossing over and if it would be feasible. And they basically said, "Dude, dude you're out of luck until we get the directive." So,
1: were those the mountains? I'm
0: flying down. Did you? Were you talking well, to Canadian border?
1: People no, or home U.S.
0: Homeland
6: home, Security is 100% a U.S. agency, U.S. federal agency.
3: Damn right it is. So oh, I, I, God I, bless I called America. Them.
6: Yeah, now, I called them
3: yeah. and, and I asked. Now, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, your wife has free reign to just do whatever she wants, right? She can cross over anytime.
6: She can cross over anytime. She is. Um, by birth 100% native american
3: yep. and
0: uh, that gives her right for passage across border anytime so my question to you ted is do you guys not own any blankets right cuz like a you car with a trunk you could be laying in the back of the forerunner with a blanket over top of you and you guys could just you know drive right across and be good to go
6: <laughs> you know, um, I, I thought of that several times, but um, <laughs> I kind of want to have a job <laughs> at what, the end of all of this. You're like, and, what's that uh, big
1: lump in the back yeah. of the car making fart sounds?
6: <laughs> 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 yeah, with, with his two hands.
1: <laughs> the,
3: one, the one I thought of was she'd drive your forerunner over the border, you fly from Montreal to whatever airport is closest to the border, then you swap, she flies back, You drive down, and then you tow your skiff up, and then she, you do the old switcheroo again.
6: So there's uh, that 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 plan is in the works, just not for this trip. So gotcha, um, okay. uh, That that plan is in the works uh, for the holiday season, um, which which is crazy,
0: right? Canadian holiday season, or like a a holiday that we would be familiar with, (laughs) um, Christmas okay okay um so i'll
6: i'll be sure to bring i'll be sure to bring tons of myrrh and frankincense um but um <laughs> no that, so that plans in the works for the uh for for, for christmas of this year i'm going to fly into boston and she'll drive the truck over and then um we'll you know uh, head down together we'll drive down together but uh this so, trip i'm going to be flying in
0: just so there's no mistake about this ted Um, All of our questioning about your abilities to cross the border has nothing to do with your skiff. We're worried about and curious to know when the
3: pickle run is happening. That's exactly what this is about. Mm -hmm. Make no mistake. (laughs) The great seasonal pickle Uh, migration south. Did you get your bleach water fixed yet?
6: Yeah, the 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 bleach water is fixed, um, except the growing season this year wasn't that great. So the yield is really, really um uh, oh small my God. Yield. So uh, the right words, oh here, here we go. We go.
1: Yeah. So Two years in a row, we don't get pickles. Uh huh.
6: So if you're lucky if mm-hmm. you're lucky you get a jar. Let me just
1: put it that way but I'm if we showed lucky. up to your house tonight dressed up you know said, ted Trick or treat sorry I, we'd probably get a jar like right then uh, that, here, here's
0: here's what here's what disappoints me the most about the explanation we just got about crop yields and stuff is ted is a customer service guy mm-hmm. ted is ted's for all intents and purposes he's like the CEO's bag man. He's the fixer. Right. He's the schmoozer. Right. And somebody, pretty face. somebody of that ilk should know that all they have to do is drive into town this coming weekend, go to the farmer's market in downtown Montreal, buy us some random fucking family's pickles. Right. And then when he shows up down here, and be like, look, boys, <laughs> mm-hmm. I brought you all pickles. And we'd be like, God. Ted's the the best. The McGregor family is the best family in all of Canada. But instead, (laughs) he crushes us and says, well, you know, (laughs) we have some pickles, but not pickles for
1: you people. He didn't make the cut. You people don't get pickles.
6: No, no, hang
1: on, hang on. I think when he says you people, he means Floridians. Yeah. Yeah. Rude. (laughs) It's racist. Florida man's. There be no
0: Florida man eating pickles. No, <laughs> not at all.
3: Who do you think? Okay, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> who do you, and, and <laughs> who do you think you are, Larry? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Coming after my family's <laughs> no, deep seated no. pickle traditions. No, no. All right.
6: So between between Florida man and Oklahoma man, who do you think would
3: win in a fight? Oh, Florida, Florida every Hawaii. every day, Florida,
1: <laughs> because well oklahoma's burlier we've got the meth strength right where and we're talking about where where are they fighting in the swamp in the desert it makes a difference okay
6: and in the headline one v one news headline oklahoma man versus florida man who wins
1: (laughs) oh florida man we've got way more headlines yeah uh absolutely (laughs) one v one (laughs) <laughs> <is> a nerd
6: <laughs> battle battle royale, battle <laughs> royale.
2: anyways
3: cage enough man. of this pickle cage fights uh um, of pickle Gabe. so so
0: ted um before we lose sight and track of anything that uh anybody wants to listen to uh probably since the last time we spoke to you you've spent um more time than the average moose up in uh the Gas Bay. And, uh, not you give us an update on your season up there and how things wrapped up.
6: Um, yeah, well, uh, absolute incredible journey. Um, uh, not sure how much of the story was preface, but, um, I elected to purchase a, a little bit of a, you know, a homestead one might call it, um, out in, uh, the Gas Bay Peninsula. And, um, on one of three major rivers, um, that, uh, enters pretty much the, uh, the Gulf of St. Lawrence and, um, tributaries of the Gulf of St. Lawrence, I guess. And, um, you know, just had an incredible experience, um, introducing my family to the area and the region, um, you know, making new friends there. Um, fishing like crazy.
1: Um, Did they get you know, pickles?
6: Four or five days a week. <laughs> no, they didn't <laughs> get pickles. Um, you know, but just kind of, you know, really um, committing to that experience. And uh, it's something that I've been tossing the idea around uh, over the course of the last two years. And just, you know, this summer was a summer. So, um, you know, really took the opportunity to kind of. Uh, reconnect with the outside in a place that's um, you know not too too far from home and um, you know close enough that I'd I'd want to go there and spend a lot of time there but far enough away where um, my friends from around here won't be like oh can I come right so um, you know really the perfect home away from home kind of thing.
0: So uh, while you're up there, um, you're targeting primarily Atlantic salmon and uh, you're doing it with two hand rods. So uh I know that uh recently we spoke that uh you've been taking the spay casting um class through Anchored Outdoors that April Vokey put together. Um I don't think you've quite yeah. finished that yet, but uh you you've at least gotten it started, is that right?
2: Yeah.
6: Um so I I started spay casting last year um, and um, <laughs> it uh, it's certainly something to get used to. I mean, just like anything, I mean, Larry, you were there when I pretty much started fly fishing. And right. so, I mean, you could obviously have seen the progression, right? So, I mean, you know, it, starting as late as I did, there's a lot of practice that goes into it. And you can't just pick up a two-handed rod and think that, oh yeah, I can throw this because the mechanics of how it, work, it works is just, you know, it, it, there's, very There's different. a lot of things you've got to be cognizant of. Yep. Yeah, very, very different. Um, so thankfully, you know, I have um, a, a good group of friends that kind of gave me the foundation of sort of how it, how it should be. And, you know, you, you cast and you cast and you cast and you practice and you practice just like anything. In order to get better, you have to practice. Um, and then uh, this year, beginning of the season, um, in uh, late June, beginning of July, when I went out, um, brought the two-handed rod so you know got the early season kinks out but for two months uh we were fishing super low water so i didn't even i didn't even fish the two-handed rod at all for two months uh, it was all single-handed rod and then like one day out on the water i brought the the two-handed rod and it was like casting like a spaghetti noodle it just like fucking fell like flat in the water and, um, I'd, I'd purchased, um, an anchored outdoors membership and I'd seen the, uh, the course go up as well as a few other, um, spay casting resources. And I said, okay, fuck, let me just kind of give this a shot and see if there's any kind of troubleshooting that can kind of help me get my casting back in line. And you know what? Um, April had just posted her, um, spay casting, uh, masterclass, master class and, you know, she she brought us some really really good points, and no, I didn't finish the um, finish the series yet, and I just got caught up with some work stuff. But uh, you know, it was informative enough to the point that I was able to identify specifically what I was doing wrong within like four of the uh, four of the courses, and then I watched maybe three or four of the other ones after, and I kind of said, oh fuck, this is exactly what I'm doing wrong. This is what I need to do right. And like literally night and day from one day to the next, just, you know, picked up the rod and was able to take my spaghetti shooting line um, and turn it into something um, a little bit more uh, tactical in nature in terms of how I was throwing it. So, you know what, Um, kudos to April for, for putting that up there. I mean, I kind of found it a little bit funny that she's all, like, super dolled up, like, hair done, makeup on. But, like, I get it, you know, I mean, from a production perspective, like, she wants to look nice. And, right. you know, okay, she 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 certainly did look nice. But the, the information that was in that course was super, super awesome and really, really helpful. And uh, I highly recommend anybody who has... Um, you know, um, or is thinking of has a membership or is thinking of uh, purchasing one to kind of look into it because the content that is available is absolutely incredibly fantastic, um, including that spay casting course, uh, which was very beneficial.
0: Awesome! Um, so That's good to hear for sure. With uh, with regards to uh, two handed casting um, with spay specifically we actually are seeing kind of uh i maybe renaissance <laughs> is uh the the right word to describe um there's an individual down here that uh i can't think of uh his instagram username but uh he is using two-handed rods here in Mosquito Lagoon with like double fly rigs, and he is just murdering fish. Um, do really? You, do you think uh, maybe uh, that's something that we should consider is uh, switching over to two-handed um, tactics down here for that? I mean, you know, with with double nymph rigs for redfish?
6: Well, you know, um, no uh, is, is my short answer. <laughs> um, and I don't know... <laughs> You know, I mean, it'd just be like if you were to take, you know, a really aggressive shooting head or a spay line and throw it on a single hand rod. Why couldn't you do that? Um, Why would you need a two handed rod? Like, why would you need to carry around a rod that is long as a surf rod to go and fly fish? I mean, sure, maybe it might be fun for like 20 minutes, but after that, it would get really annoying.
0: Now, I, th- um, I think that we shared a couple of those posts on our, um, on our group yeah. text. And it, I think one of your observations was that it's doesn't even look like a spay rod that it's, uh, uh, what did you call it? Center pin. A center pin center pin. So, yeah. well, you know, and I've, I've gone steelhead fishing or, or, you know, on the great lakes. So that's open to uh, argument, whether it's really steelhead or not, but uh lake run rainbows returning to Erie tribs. Um, anyway, we, um, up there, there's quite a clash between center pin anglers and fly anglers. And I haven't done it enough to know and appreciate the difference, but do you have, are you able to, describe or, or delineate what the difference so, between like a center pin rig is versus uh, a true spay rod
6: yeah so um i mean a center pin rig has a, a much bulkier reel seat i okay. mean traditionally i mean you'd look at you look at uh like a two hand like two hand bay rod you know traditional cork grips. Uh, handles, um, you know, you might have like a brushed aluminum or like a nickel brush, like a uh, real seat or whatever. It's very slim. Those, um, I mean, and there are, there. you could potentially use a center pin rod as a spare rod, but like that real seat is that kind of like, kind of carbon graphite matte black look that has that, um, aluminum like type anchor or stainless steel type anchor that like fits over top. like You would see on a spin rod. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. But the main, the main difference is, is really in the line. Uh, right. I mean this, and, and the line in the reel. So the reel is on that kind of like, um, center axis type thing. It just keeps spinning. Um, there's no real drag system. Um, and you could spin it one way or the other. Um, and then the line is more kind of like your monofilament or you could throw braid on. And basically the way that these guys fish and it's ridiculous. I watched something on YouTube one time and I couldn't get beyond five minutes of it is they throw fucking, um, from like a drift boat or like, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, the bank, they throw downstream, um, a fucking bobber, and then they just let it drift down, and and like a, a bobber rig, and they just let it drift downstream, and like they let out like a hundred or two hundred yards worth of line, or like God. you know maybe they drift over a fucking I don't know, that's an exaggeration. Maybe they drift over a a, a fish, and the fish like you know bites or eats or whatever. So um, that is the first five minutes of a YouTube video that I watched on center pin fishing. So they they really don't
0: cast (laughs) more than just a few feet. And then they just let, you know, the line free spool, I suppose is more what a center center pin is. So
1: is it, I think I've seen one of these things before. Is it real, really big? Is it like twice the diameter as a fly reel or, or even bigger?
6: Well, I mean, it's, it yeah it's it's bulky yeah i mean any any reel if you look at the loop reels like um they're the the loop opti runner is like this enormous reel right right but um yeah, yeah but yeah they're 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 pretty
3: bulky
1: yeah i think i've seen i i honestly thought it was like some weird old fashioned thing i had no idea what it was but it had like basically a wing nut or a drag in the middle
2: to you know what i mean like hey wing nut yeah
1: yeah to like let it go you know what i mean like you're you like you're describing like let it you know i've got this morbid curiosity
0: that's that's building um i want to figure out where this guy that's and, and and it's like it's a weird like combination of patting himself on the back that he's like the only guy doing space spay rod casting in the lagoon but then on top of it all it's like he's throwing multiple flies and on the same rig and like I I just don't even can't even comprehend what he's doing but so uh, I may have to do a little investigative um, work to figure out like where he's doing this and it's got to be Titusville I mean hands down (laughs) it's got to be Titusville
3: it's got Titusville and Mims right now yeah Mm
0: -hmm. and I just want to go and like pull up put an anchor out or stake off and just watch and see what in the hell is really going on. Cause, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit on the nutty side. I mean, but you know, if he's having fun, you know, he can be him, I'll be me. But, uh, you know, just seeing static still photos, uh, occasionally from Instagram, I, I have developed quite a morbid curiosity about what the hell he's doing.
6: Yeah, you know, and uh, it's it's interesting because the whole purpose of using a rod like that is to cover water, like to cover an immense amount of water, of moving water, right? So, I mean, sure, maybe there might be some areas where it would have some benefit, but if you're fishing in the lagoon... I mean most of most of your fly fishing shots for fish are directed toward mangroves, either along that line of mangroves or you know maybe on well uh, more like so than that you're or sight
0: fishing something. you're sight fishing a you're particular fishing. fish exactly yeah, so i don't I yeah. don't know where the spay rod would come into well, that so I wonder how many
6: casts you make on average to land. I don't know how many fish he's caught, but apparently he's like the number one space fishing guy in Florida. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that speaks to anything. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that, that might make him uh, a quintessential Florida man. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, moving on, I, I just didn't know if you had, if you'd dialed in and seen any of his content. Cause, uh, you know, I, a, l- a little bit, a but little nothing bit. beyond the texture. All right. Okay. So, um, We we're definitely uh, inside a week now, um, or right at inside a week for your visit. Um, Are you coming in on Thursday? I am. Yeah, coming in on Thursday. Out on Monday.
6: Okay. Um, Really looking forward to it. What
0: Um, what are you coming in town for?
6: Well, I am coming into town for the dinghy derby (laughs) and poker run, uh, benefiting the. Marine Discover, yeah second annual benefiting the Marine Discovery Center, where last year we raised just over five thousand dollars and um, you know benefiting um, lagoon restoration and mosquito lagoon and those efforts that the Marine discovery uh, Center puts forth and their initiatives
2: yeah,
0: so really looking forward to it well uh we are totally stoked that you're making it down for it, and uh looking forward to uh spending that Saturday with you but um let's get into some of the uh you know you and Ben and Shannon and I talked the other day um yeah you know w- we're going to make a few minor changes and uh Ben and I put out a Instagram TV uh spot earlier today
6: saw that today
0: with uh you know a couple Looks great of, just hitting some of the high notes with uh trying to give people an orientation if they haven't run around here before, you know, kind of a lay of the land. Um, Also some of the FAQs, one of the big ones, um, you know, that we did mention was uh, we're going to give you your chip. We're not going to have one big repository that, you know, 87 hands five times during the day go into. Um, And then also, Last year, uh, we were the beneficiaries of the generosity of Sweetwater, uh, and had a ton of beer that was available to everybody on the Sandbar, um, in talking with our Sweetwater rep, they, due to COVID, have cut all of their marketing, uh, down to nil, and, uh, we're unfortunately not going to be able to do that again this year, and- When we step back and thought about it, it's probably a good idea that we're not doing that this year because, again, we don't want to have a community um, cooler that everybody's in and out of. So if you're listening to this and you're one of the folks that's uh, coming out to help raise money for Marine Discovery Center as part of the uh, Dingy Derby, it's BYOB 100% this year. Um, you know, bring your favorite beverages. Um, and of course we also say be responsible. Um, don't get lit up to the point that, you know, one of the memories of the second annual dingy derby is us watching somebody get a BUI. So, you know, be responsible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, one of the things that, uh, we raise the most money out of this, obviously you know that uh you know it's a thirty dollar entry half of that goes straight to the m d c and then one lucky bastard's gonna win the pot at the end of the poker run, which this year is probably gonna be over a thousand bucks um more so than the the fifty percent of the entry fee. The big part of our fundraiser is the raffle and uh Man, we have got just kick-ass amount of really good stuff this year. And, uh, you know, so everybody that comes, you know, bring a pocket full of cash. Um, I believe we're going to be selling the tickets for the raffle 10 for $10. So they're a buck a piece. Or if you spend 20 bucks, you get 30 raffle tickets. So... Those are the two levels of grabbing raffle tickets. So, um, dude,
6: last year people bought raffle tickets like crazy. They went out like nuts, man, mm. and um, it was it was freaking awesome to see that type of engagement and commitment from people. Because one last year there were some awesome prizes, but this year too, I mean, it's it's been looking great from what I've seen.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So um, this whole week we're gonna be. Uh, Working on doing uh, social media posts for each and every one of the uh, companies or individuals that have uh, donated to the raffle. So uh, everybody will be getting a pretty good preview of what is in the raffle. So when you see whether it's uh, an original painting from Travis Luther or whether it's the Yeti Tundra Hall um, cooler, um our friend rich at uh, district angling has like pretty much walked around this shop and just filled a box full of like anything you could imagine that you might want at a fly shop whether it's apparel whether it's uh an inflatable chair from boat um just tons of stuff we've got a bunch of guys that have tied flies and and done custom fly boxes filled with flies we've got uh a couple of 15 gallon aquariums we've got snorkel gear um i mean just an insane amount of stuff and a very wide range of stuff uh we've got a few fly rods um just uh artwork um eric estrada sent four oh, numbered really? signed yeah. prints um that are uh, you know we were talking about this ben and i earlier today um when you put on an event like this sometimes it's tough as hosts of the event when you're getting all this stuff for a raffle and you're like man i want this i want that on the other but you know we're not we're not able to to buy raffle tickets for it. You know, it's uh, the, the whole idea is to make sure that everybody that's out supporting MDC, that's, that's joining us. That's part of this community that we're building. Um, it's, it's their day. They're the ones that are, you know, reaching in their pocket, Helping the conservation efforts, the education efforts. So they're the ones that are going to reap the rewards. But I'm telling you, man, there's a whole lot of stuff that I'm looking at going, man, I wish I had a shot at that. The worst part is we've had to sit on it for (laughs) so long. (laughs) So, So, um,
6: you know, what was really rad, if I can tell you, like highlight for me last year was like seeing how people how pumped people were winning those prizes like yep. that that one chick that was on that guy Ian's boat who won the fucking Yeti cooler yes she was like over the moon like yelling like oh fuck yeah I won the Yeti cooler she was like super 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 pumped um and then um I, I think one of probably the best stories that like you know I could ever think of was that kid that lost his fly rod or it snapped or something like that
0: uh uh-huh. he lost it out of the boat um, mm-hmm. he,
6: yeah, he lost it out of the boat. And then he won. He won the fucking rod and reel setup. Um, the Rich He won set. two rods. Yeah, yeah, that Rich set. And then he won the rod and reel setup. That Rich sent. And like at the end of the day, like what a fucking feel-good day that
0: was. Yeah, no um, doubt
6: about it. Just to watch that happen. Yeah, rad stories. Yeah. it was a good time for sure. And looking forward to it this year also. I mean, super pumped. Wish we could enter.
0: Yeah, So so... Anybody that was at last year's event, you know how much fun it was. You know how many people were there. And last year, we had 66 people register for the event. Um, We had 50... It was either 51 or 53, I believe, that actually showed up and checked in and like completed the entire poker run. And this year... We are looking at, I think we're at 87 people have registered, Mm -hmm. maybe 88. So we do know a couple of people that unfortunately due to work or or family obligations might not be coming, but there's a really good shot that we're going to have 80 plus people participating in the poker run. Um, So, with that in mind, if we just did simple math and said every skiff has two people in it, you know we're looking at like 40 skiffs. Um, so it's going to be really critical. Hopefully everybody that's doing the Dingy Derby is a regular listener and they'll have heard this podcast before they show up. Um, be patient. Try to follow the directions if we're given any uh, on how to get everybody through each check-in smoothly. Um, We've kind of shrunk the course a little bit. Um, The reason for that is last year we found out, you know, not everybody went and like fished in between spots. What it turned into was basically everybody rafted up, hung out and had a damn good time hanging out with each other at spot two, spot three, spot four. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've kind of shortened the course, which will build in, you know, probably a whole lot more, Of just the socializing. And ultimately, what we think is probably the best change that we've made is we're not going to end it at JB's on the dock because it's just too narrow, too many people packed into too tight of a space. And for as much fun as we were all having on the sandbar uh, at stop five, or last year would have been stop four um we've turned that into spot 5 so everybody's just going to stay on the sandbar. We'll do the raffle on the sandbar. We'll announce the winner for the poker run on the sandbar. And I mean I think looking at the long-term short-term forecast, it's going to be like mid 70s to 80 degrees. You're standing in knee deep, maybe calf deep, maybe ankle deep. We just got to wait and see what the tides are going to do. Um Hanging out with your friends, man, a bunch of like-minded people, and you're raising money for a great cause. So I, I am really looking forward to it this year. It's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: But it is is—it is going to be a little bit more logistically for
3: us to mm-hmm. to tackle from the putting it on standpoint.
0: I know so one of the
1: things. Just be
3: patient with us. We kind of talked about was, like, Ted, you're making that spreadsheet for the check-in, like maybe your boat or whoever you're with as they idle past you, they give you your name, and you check them off the list, and then they, you know, 10 feet, 10 feet or 15 feet past, there's another boat that's got the actual chip, so the line, like, kind of keeps moving. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it'll run. That's, um, that's close to how it ran last year. Yeah, so just, you know, if you hear this, kind of know that's kind of probably going to be the, the game plan when you get there. Yep. So, uh, Ted, you uh, think
0: of anything else that uh, we need to kind of give everybody a heads up about
6: um you know just uh, just be open-minded to having a good time meeting new people um you know might be some people aren't always comfortable in those kind of situations but i mean last year everybody was pretty pretty cool who was in that you know core group of us would like in the in the dinghy derby obviously we had, the, there was that one asshole at JB's who wasn't part of the Danny Derby, was playing his music super loud at the dock and everybody was <laughs> like, dude, shut the fuck up. But, you know, everybody was, you know, pretty cool about it uh, all the way through the day and, uh, you know, I mean, just come ready to have a good time, you know, leave all the negative energy, and you know, that you have maybe built up from COVID or whatever, just, you know, the whole coronavirus shit, you know, at the door and just come ready to have a good time with everybody. That would be the best advice that I can give. But also make sure that you have a fucking meal in your boat because the last thing that we want is somebody to fucking pass out on their boat because they didn't fucking
1: eat in the hot sun and all that shit. (laughs) Maybe a bottle of water wouldn't hurt a couple people. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Bring bring a bottle of water.
0: (laughs) And and, and please understand that you're literally 300 yards away from the dock at JB's. So if, if you happen to find yourself... Having had too many beverages, um, and you're you're feeling like you're toeing that line where you might step off the cliff. Get somebody to take you over to JBS. Get a little food in your stomach. Take a little break. Get out of the heat if it's hot, and then just come back. You know, um, we're going to be very clear and transparent about what time the the raffle starts and you know, we'll do our able best, you know, if, if, if you go over and you start camping out at the bar at JB's, don't expect that we're going to wait for one person to get back to start it, but you know, we're going to be very reasonable and try to be accommodating to make sure everybody that's there that's participating is there when we start the raffle. Um, we did have a couple of people, uh, reach out and say, Hey, I'm in Colorado and I want to buy raffle tickets. How do I do that? Um, our answer would be, not sure, bro. Um, maybe you have a friend that's going to be at the dinghy Derby that you trust that will uh, shoot you straight and tell you that it was your ticket that won. But we certainly don't have the capability to, you know, be like Sotheby's auction and have somebody on the phone, you know, <laughs> call in, call, like call you know, in, like yeah. you know, it's just not. And to be honest, everybody that puts in the time and the effort to to join us for the full day. They're the ones that are going to be participating in the raffle, but by all means, if you have a friend and you want to venmo them fifty bucks and let them buy you fifty bucks worth of tickets and they're willing to to keep up with your tickets and then ship your shit to you out in Colorado when you're done, hey, you got a good friend um, but we we can't be responsible to try to manage raffle tickets for people that are out of state out of out of the zip code, so I uh, wish we could, but we can't. Um no, we're not there yet. <laughs> right. So um yeah. you know, just uh lastly and I think uh beyond that we're 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 just ready for this thing to pop off and go. Uh please be safe. Um there are going to be a tremendous number of skiffs on the water. Don't show your ass. Don't drive recklessly. Don't um don't get yourself out of control
1: um with drinking. And uh, you know, we did have a, uh, a one skiff slide up last year, and we we're like, don't remember them at the last stop, and it was the the oh yeah
0: yeah from the uh, park or whatever yeah was it was actually wallet. the uh, the federal uh, officers from the refuge, mm-hmm. um, but they were in just a yeah. skiff just yeah. like everybody else. Yeah, so, I'm like, oh, so remember them know, really keep keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, when we are on the sandbar. Um, let's all try to maintain appropriate social distancing. Um, I mean, for, for what it's worth, we're going to be outside in the sun with the beautiful sea breeze blowing. So it's not like we're all in one big tight confined space, but at the same time, everybody,
1: you know, don't go licking strange.
0: Yeah. Keep, keep,
1: you know, a few feet
0: between each other. Don't, don't cluster up in, you know, groups of 15 or 20, you know, it's two or three here, four or five there and mingle, you know, move around, keep talking, meet people. Uh, this is going to be an awesome opportunity you know. to build your, your book of people that you might go out and fly fish later in the year with. So get to know everybody.
6: Yeah, and uh, you know, keep in mind that uh, salt is a great disinfectant. So if somebody does sneeze on you and you your small circle of friends, you can just
0: jump in the water. Just jump in the water, submerge. <laughs> just jump in the water, just submerge. Yeah, disinfect um, yourself. And you know, everybody probably hasn't watched uh, the video that Ben and I did, so I'll, I'll say it again on the podcast here: the best place to come up and put your skiff on the sandbar is on the JB's side of the sandbar Uh, if you try to anchor up or beach your skiff on the west side of the sandbar that is a running lane and you'll get anything from other skiffs to pontoon boats to 25 foot center consoles Mm -hmm. that are headed to JB's and if you have your skiff on that side expect that you're going to get, you know, waves over the stern um, or, or worse. So, you know, if you're, if you're coming into park, park on the east side of the sandbar. And also we had it happen a couple times last year, come off of plane well away from the sandbar and idle up, you know, throwing wakes and making people's boats bang into each other. Not the coolest.
1: agreed no. Yeah,
0: fair yeah. agreed so there's just things that you know in the heat of the just heat of the self-aware moment you know you might not think about but hopefully with a little reminder everybody will think about it and everybody will have a good time and uh we're looking forward to it absolutely so ted um so go ahead
6: no i was gonna say hey i i mean um I just, you know, I know we were just wrapping up about the dinghy Derby, but, um, I noticed something on Instagram the other day, um, that was posted about Carl, um, he he was celebrating a birthday and not that I want to say happy birthday or anything, cause I already sent those wishes via text, but there's something that I noticed in one particular post that was very, very peculiar. Okay. Um, <laughs> So Mr. Carl had something in his hand that was a very, very foreign object that one might say would be uncharacteristic of Carl. And I'm hoping that Carl can explain himself here. Carl had in his hands, standing on a polling platform, the shaft of a push pole. Never have I ever seen Carl pull before. So Carl, please do explain yourself.
0: And was this a recent photo of Carl?
6: This is, I mean, could be recent. I mean, looks pretty recent. How about I'll, I'll send it in the group text. So, it was a picture of Carl. That
3: polling. is from last year. Uh, that's
1: fairly polling, recent. Polling.
3: Bulow Creek with Tecora. Uh huh. And probably some other person.
1: I don't remember. I mean I know the photo
3: (laughs) Ted just says it's very odd that
0: it struck him as odd to see you with a push pole in your hands oh
1: absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah that's uh, that's why there was a photo taken (laughs) (laughs) the rare moments (laughs) of Carl in the wild for proof was it was it one of those like
6: Hey, look at me! Take a picture of me, so everybody thinks I like, pull boats. Kind of moment.
0: No, boat was and stuck. Hey, Cora was actually. Bo was stuck.
5: <laughs> yeah. for the day. No,
0: it was it was it was, it was, was, the- was simply out of necessity. Right. Ted, bow was in the mud. <laughs> was uh, was it in the mud because you ran aground in the mud or?
1: I, I we were just getting. <laughs> I was getting radical. Just getting radical. details. Details. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did. Uh, it's like so so speaking of of polling, um I actually was thinking, you know, there's a good possibility, you know, we're going to be on the sandbar for a couple hours anyway, right? Um mm-hmm. maybe if if there's an expressed interest in it, it might be fun to have like the polling Olympics. A relay race? And well, a I don't even know race. if it's a, relay, do a race. relay race. Well, I don't even know that we do a relay race. We can just, you know, I mean, I'm open to that, but I'm thinking, you know, who can like who, like pole racing? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like have have like you know like a buoy at one end of the you know uh, uh, two you know two buoys, two skiffs pull up next. You know, it's like a drag race. They got to go down, turn around, and come exactly. back, and then the winner gets to slide over to this side. And like you know, let's say we've got ten people, you know, that are in it. And it's, you know, like bracketed. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And,
0: you know, by the that's end of it, then you you're you're down to the the pairing and it ultimately pairs off to the last two and we find out just who is the stud out mm-hmm. on the flats that mm-hmm. can really pull the King, shit out King of a the boat. Pole, man. That's, King right. The pole. that's
1: right. So I don't know, I it's an idea. Yeah. You
0: know, great, great hmm I mean think that's of th- think of the gambling that could, I, could could go along exactly. with that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well,
6: you know, you know we, what would need to be, I think to make it.
0: Do we do, we do different do we do different divisions and like the the novice division is how many circles they pulled?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what if you what if you well, lined everybody I, would just did a I'd shotgun the start? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <bully>. <laughs> uh, That's the demolition part of the derby. Yeah, for yeah. real. It'd be fun to
6: find two old rowboats to facilitate that. So it's like the same boat, and and oh, so it's just a, joust. Like like a nice
1: to the skiff. Nice joust. Yeah, a, a nice joust.
3: Exactly, Carl. I think your neighbor has some piece of shit boats in the back that we could use.
1: <laughs> 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 oh God! All right, Ted. Well, I'm row looking forward to it, buddy. you have you have your skiff, right? Yeah. All right. Man, we could work.
6: Yeah, man. Well, at, at least, I mean, as long as, like, the fuel that was in the tank didn't, like, completely become gelatin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure you, uh, you know, put some stabilizer and stuff in it before you left. Hey. 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 <laughs> nope. Oh, hey. no. <laughs> did not? Yeah. Aye, 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 Uh You can freshen it up. You'll be fine.
3: <laughs> yeah, I want some sure. high octane through that puppy.
0: That's right. So all right well look buddy we're gonna uh dip out on you and uh we'll see you on thursday um i guess yeah, man. i guess somebody's gonna come grab you at the airport sounds like and
6: uh yeah mark's gonna come pick me up okay i'm gonna go fish after
3: Sick. perfect, perfect. Grab a bite at JD, so.
0: nice well uh <laughs> i'll be popping back up uh probably around lunchtime on friday and uh uh, I know Bree and Wilds are going to be rolling in either Thursday evening or maybe Friday afternoon. But we're going to all try to get together probably around my house uh, in New Smyrna on Friday afternoon slash evening. Uh, probably do dinner and stuff, and then uh, sweet uh, Justin will be rolling into town from North Carolina on uh, around four thirty five o'clock on Friday. He's going to come by the house there uh ben's going to obviously be coming up from melbourne um and then when we're done in new smyrna uh justin and ben and i and uh, hell if andrew ends up making it uh we'll all mosey down here we're going to stay here at the taylor park so that we can be out bright and early saturday morning what time does it start 7 don't be late 7 a.m don't be late and if uh you think you're gonna be late well don't be fucking late I better leave earlier mm-hmm. that's right so all right ted travel safe um and we will see you late next week looking forward to it brother me too guys take care all right see you. looking right. forward to it yep see ya. all right well uh man we're Just covering all kinds of ground. We've been all over North America tonight.
1: Nice to hear Canada's still there. Yeah. Yeah, Not frozen over. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I can't think of much more that we uh,
0: can beat this old dead horse about. Mm -hmm. But uh, i tell you what. It is getting exciting that uh, we're finally going to get the Dean Derby done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what's even more exciting to me is – it means the next one is that much closer, right? Because we'll yeah, probably yeah. try to do the April that. deal next mm-hmm. year. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, provided there's not any spikes and you know mm-hmm. shutdowns and all that stuff. Yeah, but uh, you know, yeah, um, a long time coming for sure. Yeah, a real long time mm-hmm. coming. But man, who would have thought? You know, last year when we when we first came up with the idea and and did it, you know privately we were all like, Man, I hope you notice know, like fifteen, twenty people show up, mm-hmm. you know, we don't look like chumps. And then bam, we make a five thousand dollar plus donation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Marine Discovery Center genuinely was like, oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. is fantastic. And so right now as it sits, we're positioned to definitely do better as far as total dollars, you know, for a donation. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we see this continue to grow, continue to be a thing, um, because it's yeoman's work. Um, you know, these people are educating kids. The kids are the next generation that are going to be stewards for Mosquito Lagoon and the Indian River Lagoon. They're the ones that are going to understand the importance of conservation and living shorelines mm-hmm. and, you know, the. the restoration work Mm -hmm. and the important importance of the oysters in our estuary and, and doing this shuck and chair. And it's just, it's really rewarding to know that we're doing something that, uh, is going to have an impact Mm -hmm. and it's like boots on the ground impact. So, um, beyond that shit, I don't know. I'm going to, anybody got any closing thoughts?
1: I'm going to blow the leaves out of my boat and, you know, just get ready this week. Yeah.
0: I actually, I actually washed my boat yesterday. Uh, That's overkill. You know, we ran, Ben and I ran around today. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, got Ben a quick orientation. Um, nothing about the return ride from JB's had anything to do with anything you need to try again until we do it a couple of times. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But, uh, no, I think uh, I think that uh, Saturday is going to be a lot of fun, a yeah. whole lot of fun. So we're looking forward to it. Can't wait to uh, rub elbows, rub shoulders with uh, all you guys that listen to the show week in, week out, or every two weeks, however we're doing it these days. Um, without our listeners, we wouldn't have a podcast. And you guys are the reason that we do it we have fun having these conversations uh and it's even that much more fun knowing that you guys like to listen to the harebrained shit that comes out of our pie holes (laughs) so um as long as we keep getting uh a little bit of feedback here and there we'll keep doing it and uh i guess uh with that we're going to be seeing you guys in a week or so and uh if I can figure out how to get this going here. I don't understand. There we go. All right. Well, that's going to be it for episode 55 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. Don't forget, when you're at the Dingy Derby, lots of pictures, lots of stories. Hashtag Dingy Derby 2020 and hashtag Taylor Trash. Bring a pocket full of cash because this year is going to be lit when it comes to the raffle we'll see you saturday
2: I said,
1: "Wrecked him." They him near killed him.